Welcome to Oz Property Investors, where your smart, no BS friends who tell you the most interesting stuff going on in property. Join your host, Jeff Miles, former mortgage broker and property developer, alongside Joe Tucker, Director of Property Principles Buyers Agency, as they interview some of Australia's top property experts and commentators, so we can all become better property investors together. And we are live on Oz Property Investors. We bring the big names and I've frozen, but we're going to have the big fun. No, I don't know if I did froze, but I thought you, you did. did. Hey, anyway, Luke, what's happening? Mate, I am really well right now. Surprisingly well. That's what I we love want. That. That's the yeah, type yeah. of energy we need up in here. Six, six staff, but that's okay. Spring has <laughs> sprung. How, how good is it? No, like it's, it's, I love this warm weather. Like for me, you just give me a 25, 30 degrees every day, which... Some people would be horrified, but anyway, how are you going, Joe? How are you feeling? You feeling good? Mate, I'm feeling Pizza good. I, I, I'm feeling good. Pizza for dinner. Um, and, uh, and then we're going to talk property. We get a good opportunity to talk renovation. That is one of my favorite topics. Like, like uh, this is the difference between other asset clubs, like shares, for instance. You, you can't add value to a share. You have to rely on, you know, the, the, the ASX people and the, the directors to add value. You can go buy a house, add value to it, and make money from that um, off the money that you've had as a deposit. So if you can do that in renovation, you're going to be be on to a winner. Um, that's if you do it correctly. Now, I know a lot of people that have done renovations and overcapitalized and wasted a lot of money, and that's kind of why <laughs> we wanted to get Luke on. Mate, you've done a number of renovation projects, and um, we'll, we'll dive all into that. But anyway, how are you, Jeff? How are you, mate? And I'm excited. Very um, had a had a quite nice, relaxing, and productive day, which is always always good good times. But uh, no, the reason. So you've done interestingly. You said you've done 45 plus. So when I when when I hear the number 45 plus, I think 46 in my head. But I mean, I yeah, I, I was going to round it up to 50 because then 50 plus you could do have done 51 <laughs> or 52. But anyway, no, I'm really well, and um, I'm, I'm excited for this session because we've had people talk about Renaults. I'm here. Thanks for waiting for me. No, you're welcome. I think that's probably Braden. Uh, not Braden. It's um, probably um, Brendan Crawhall, perhaps. He typically says some quirky remarks. But no, we, we haven't had somebody on talk from go to woe with a renovation. So we've talked, we've sort of done bits and pieces of that. So to, tonight, we are going to have an absolute treat for the audience. We're going to talk about how, the things you should do before you even consider making an offer on a property. Once you've gone, gotten to making an offer, what you then should need to be doing to make sure things are running smoothly and where you can sort of tips and tricks and tactics. I'm going to show some examples. So I don't know, so much value in, in an hour, hour and a half, how long it's going to run. So, but throw your questions, comments and, and thoughts and criticisms if you want as well. If you don't uh, like my, if you don't like my shirt, then I don't know, maybe I can change it sometime, but no, let's get Not into live, quote of the week. Then. Please. What's your, what's your quote, Luke? Mine is actually from uh, Proverbs. The book of Proverbs, oh, uh, chapter 11, the, verse the, 14. the Bible, the Bible, yeah. It says, For a lack mm. of guidance, a nation falls, but victory is won through many advisors. Mm. I love that. Without education, speaking in, on a platform yeah, like this, I think you know, people can fall if we don't do our due diligence. But when you've got many people educated, you, you, you two gentlemen, um, other guest speakers that you've had. Well, that's one of the big, th uh, yeah, it's one of the big things that I see. I, I was actually having a conversation with an investor today. They 
wanted to do absolutely everything by themselves. And I'm like, great. When did you start looking? Oh, yeah, yeah, two years ago. Oh, wow, two years ago. You were ready to buy. You had finance. You were ready to – yeah, yeah, yeah. had my deposit, had my cash, and, and it just nothing happened. It just didn't work out. I'm like, man, if you pulled the trigger and, and – no, no, but I was just too busy. Well, there's there's people out there that exist to help you solve that problem. Like, um, So, yeah, you're 100% right. Like if you get – and property managers. Luke, you're a property manager. Um, yes. You leverage – like that. that's my top tip. You, you can you – don't end the show just yet. Top tip, leverage your property managers because they know so much about the demographics, the people, the area, the trades, the costs, what rent. Mm. Now, good property managers do. Um, but um, solid quote, mate. I like it. I like it. Mm. It kind of what reminds me of the, oh, um, that, that book, the um, – what's that one? The Richest Man in Babylon. Like that oh, whole – like Gil, Gil, that one. Yeah, Gil, Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh. Yeah, where he talks about the, he's got the tone, he's got all those sort of wisdom things that about save. Yeah, like just so much wisdom in some of these sort of older texts. Um, <clears> so yeah, great. So mine, Joe, uh, is not not quite as old as um, so should have gone as old, but he's he is um, an interesting sort of fellow. Um, so he, so Mr. Albert, Mr. Einstein said, strive not yeah. to be uh, a person of of success, but rather to be a person of value. So, I mean, we're talking about adding value. So. To me, ah. if you can add value to whether it be your investing, whether it be your relationships, because I think property is, <laughs> is mostly about adding value to people's lives and, and building those relationships. So if you can nail both of those, I think you're going to be you're more than halfway there, I would say. I would Moving say. On. Yeah. Solid quote, mate. Yeah. Haven't done Einstein yet. So what about you, Joe? What, what are you up to? Uh, you've definitely quoted Einstein several times on this podcast. Um, if anyone's listening. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> Very go. true. My quote of the week is uh, by none other than Steve McKnight, buy problems, sell solutions. Sell solutions, yeah. That is all it is. That is all renovation, property manage, uh, property, de- property development is, property renovation is. This, this is how you make money in property fast. If you, if you want to go on the slow track, buy a set and forget property and buy and wait. Um, if you want to add value quickly, because your goal is not to save up for a deposit for another I don't know how long does it take to save for a deposit? Six years, five years to get your hundred hundred ish grand. But if you can buy a property, renovate it, get some equity out of it, um, it all it, it can really help accelerate the journey. But the only thing is you got to think about is there's something wrong with that property. It's ugly. The the you can add a room, you can add value, but you can then get the equity out of that. Anyway, that is my quote of the week. Yeah, interesting. I find it ironic that that Steve actually told us about that quote thing about the using quotes of people that are alive, Joe, and uh, and you use Steve's quote. So if Steve sues us, that'd be pretty ironic. But maybe not. I'm that sure. Would, he, yeah, yeah, it would be. Yeah. I'm sure he watches every show of ours. I'm no, sure he so, said it on our on, on our podcast, so we're allowed to talk about things that are on our podcast. So don't sue us, Steve. We can't afford. <laughs> we can't afford that. Love it. How good how good's Reno though? Let's um let's let's get cracking into that though. But first, speaking of speaking of um, bank balance, let's let's pay the bill show. Let's get it happening. There's nothing worse than going into a situation unprepared, especially when that situation is purchasing one of the most expensive assets of your life against a trained property expert in the form of a real estate agent. It's a scary thought. 
but it is a skill that can be taught. Do you want to learn how to become fully prepared when buying a property so you can get out there, buy your dream home or investment property without the fear of actually messing it up? Scott Agate, the founder and expert property negotiator at Hello House, has been helping people buy their properties by stepping in and negotiating with the agents and saving his clients tens of thousands and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars. Scott has now decided to share all that he's learned over the past 28 years in real estate so you can go out there and do the exact same thing on how to find a property, analyze that property, negotiate on that property and transact on it to get the best results. He's created the Get Buyer Ready course, which is a step-by-step guide on how you too can become an expert property negotiator. It's the easy way of how you can avoid all of these agent games and get the best purchase price on that dream home or your investment property. The course is in short bites for busy people with no fluff at all. Just all the information you need to get buyer ready and secure that next property with confidence at the best price. Scott has been kind enough to give our community a massive discount with the link below. Sign up today before you even think about putting an offer on that next property and it will be one of the best decisions you ever make. Very true. We are back. So, uh, yeah, I, I realized that I need to, I need to drop the comment for that. But <laughs> in, introducing Luke, he's, he's got a let's, – let's bring this in, actually. We'll bring it in while I'm talking. So I, I even did some further, further sort of research on, on – well, you know, this is essentially my extent of my research. But Luke, <laughs> I would say, is a property investing property manager – a property investing, renovating, who has a core focus on renos. I think this, I'm, I'm taking a bit of poetic license here, helping your investors to add value as well. Um, with, with their, you've been in real estate for 13 years, though, which um, you look far too young to be in real estate for 13 years, and 10 years as a property manager. So you might have started when you're about sort of 13 or 14. So good on you. No, you're not that good young. Good on you, thanks for that. But no, you've, <laughs> you've done. If you put up there 45, I, I wrote now, I think, 50 reno projects in the last three years. And if, I think the thing as well is you're not just somebody who helps. I suppose you have a holistic approach from planning it to budgeting it and making sure it's done um, efficiently and effectively. So the thing I love about you as well, a bit of a bonus for me is, not bonus, but um, I, I see you as, I suppose, a, f- a family bloke and you've got a big a focus on property is to help people achieve their goals. Um, I'm sort of taking a bit of poetic license there again, but <laughs> I think, yeah, I think that's that sort of sums you up. So What's what's something that we missed there from from your intro, Luke? Uh, no, I think that's I think that's very kind of you. I I did uh, well. No, maybe I'm not lying. I was going to say I think I was doing a little bit of a lie on my on my Renault count. I've done 44 successfully. We're working on projects 45 and 46 at the moment. So okay, technically, are they, gonna, are they looking successful or are they looking on the rocks? Oh, very much so. Yeah, 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 very much so. <laughs> They should be good. One of them, one of them actually is our first fully furnished one as well. Wow! So oh. Kind of oh, like an we, Airbnb type of thing. Uh, not Airbnb. It'll be um, it'll be that sort of short to medium term market, but we're um. sort of catering towards company leases. Um, just oh. where it's positioned, it'll be a it'll be a neat you know a neat grab for maybe the hospital. That'd be the ideal tenant. They take it. It's close enough to the hospitals. Um, okay. But yeah, and then well, the that's an interesting are, strategy. Yeah, it's a it's a trial that one that particular owner. She's one of our bigger clients, and she's sort of happy to test the waters a little bit. So, um, all the furniture's there. It started getting assembled this week, actually. So we're we're very near wow. near finish that one. 
We could probably just ask, I think we could ask about three or four questions off the back of that. But what I'm going to do is is we love to ask people, sometimes we sort of mix it up. But usually we ask people's first prop investor, but we sort of, since it's Renault themed, I want to hear your favorite renovation project. Like, tell us all about it. It can be your own. Uh, it's it, To be honest, the, my favorite one is probably the one, that unit particularly that we're doing at the moment. It's in a complex of four. We've actually renovated the other three units already. The other three units were all standard sort of renos, you know, real basic things, paint, floor coverings, electrical upgrades, light, um, window furnishings, those sorts of things. But this particular unit, the front unit of the complex of four, um, it's got its own access, its own driveway, and we really saw an opportunity to make that um, a furnished property. There's a growing demand for it where we are, and I think... That's been my favourite because, um, thankfully, the owner has been really happy for us to test the waters on creativity and, um, you know, potential things that might attract tenants for that property. So, like, just to give you an example, it's only two-bedroom, one-bathroom, but we've been able to put in a bar, a functioning bar. Wow. Into, yeah, into the place. Ah. So what, what, what sort of clientele are you, are you appealing, appealing to with the, with the bar? Like, yeah, you're going to be so running, like, you get a, a license or something? Like, a license? Yeah, yeah no. So um, it'll be, uh, we, we think the core audience for that property is, uh, we say that professional market. We're thinking it'll be uh, potential hospital staff as overflow for the doctors and nurses that come in on those transition um, sort of periods that could be a potential audience for us. The other audience is there's a big contract that's just been awarded um, for a number of years to a company in town. I don't know know if I can say it. I won't say the company. But they're coming to fix fix all the the roads in Toowoomba. And they'll be here for for a few years uh, fixing up a lot of the roads around our area. So they are looking for like 14 properties. We're sort of in cahoots with them on this particular property already. So... Um, interesting super so did you have access to all four properties like does this one client own all four and it's in a complex of like um it's 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 not separately titled it's all strata titled no that's right that's right it's it's one complex uh not not strata titled she not strata uh, purchased the property last year um we were sort of involved in that purchase and then when she made the purchase that's when we sort of started looking at well what can we do to improve increase the rents get the values up and she's a bit of a flipper so she buys stuff renovates it obviously rents the properties as well but the plan for that particular quadplex is once that unit's finished inside we'll we'll move to outside get all the outside tidied up so um repainted um, driveways redone landscaping etc and then we'll probably flip it put it on the market early next year that's super interesting. One thing, one thing that actually, there's a question that's pop just popped up for someone who isn't a tradie. What advice would you give someone when deciding what to do yourself versus what uh, to get something else to do? Um, we'll, we'll answer that question. But um, what I found interesting about your little story there is that that person is a renovator flipper, and they've hired you to help run the renovation project for them. Um, so they've taken that extra step back to be a, just the project manager of project managers. Super interesting. Are they, yeah, are yeah. they renovated though, or do they do they usually just outsource? Like, 
Yeah, so I was going to say they're, they're not a renovator themselves. Actually, a um, uh, a lady down in Melbourne, and oh, she even even yeah. interstate. There you go. Yeah, interstate. Uh, I, I particularly like those arrangements because uh, she really treats it as a as as in a numbers game. Yeah, yeah. you know, she she's just all about the numbers. Yeah, she just takes all the emotion out of it and um, just yeah. really lets us control the whole process. She just makes dollars. Really makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. I hear the same thing from developers. They say, I don't like it when my client can go to site and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, say, why isn't this, what's this, what's this, what's that? Um, mm -hmm. It's it's nice to have that have that separation and trust your experts on it. Anyway, this session is about renovation 101. That's what I want to get. I want to get, I was like, great, let's go the, the straight away. What do we do when we're, we're buying a renovator? But we got to take that step back to prepare to buy the renovator. Um, so how do we take that step back? I think you've got some interesting slides to share. What, where are we going, Jeff? You're a good driver. Yeah. Never had an accident. Before so we've... <laughs> so the, okay, these, so these before you even make the offer. Yeah, these are, these are some points that I put together. Um, anytime anyone starts talking to me about renovation stuff and wanting to take on a reno, I always yeah. say well, there's a couple of things you need to you need to do before you seriously look at a renovator. I think people, you, you see the seasoned investors in this group say, you know, it's, it's a lot more work than you think. Yeah, TV shows sort of blow it out of proportion a bit. I think it's, yeah, they make it seem like yeah. everyone can do it, but, it's, but it is a bit of a challenge. So there's a couple of things that we'd recommend prior to doing, um, okay. to, to committing to a renovation. So. The first blurry. point I've got there, yeah, if it's a bit blurry, sorry, lads, I'll, I'll read them out quickly and then you just shut me up if you want to touch on something. But the first point is to identify the strongest target audience in the area and consider properties that would suit that audience. Um, property managers, buyers, agents, sell often know these questions, but I think that's the first thing. Um, gain an understanding of key trade lead times. So cabinet makers, tilers, electricians, plumbers, like what What are you, you know, how, how long are you going to be waiting if you're planning on doing a kitchen? You know, what's the tiler's lead time like? Getting an idea of these lead times is really important because I think often people don't start thinking about that until they've got the place under contract. Um, Jeez. Yeah, and no, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely vital. It's the kind of questions you, you I, I sort of neglected to ask when back in 20, 2016 when I was and and it's just, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about this because I, I don't know what other people in the group have done, but now you sort of have, having a few more under your belt, you sort of start to think actually crap. I need to start within the mind. What am I actually aiming to achieve, and what are the sort of steps in this process? Rather than just saying okay, there's a property there needs a bit of work on it. I'm going to buy it because it's a renovator. And then I'll think about all the steps after. It's kind of like you need to sort of start with the end in mind before you kind of even consider making an offer. Mm -hmm. And, and how think... do you think about, so you've got like key area research here, but how do you think about the financial side of things? Because I feel like that that's even before we do the research, we've got to make sure that the, that the, numbers, the numbers actually work for a renovator. How do you... What kind of filters and overlays do you throw to see financially if it actually is going to work out? So this is not uh, particular areas that I would look at for someone because hopefully they've done that due diligence before they start talking to, say, someone like us. And hopefully they know going into 
the purchase process, okay, we know we can borrow this much, you know, whatever that looks like. But like my first renovator, and I don't know if you can do this now, I'm not financial advisor, so I don't understand all that space mm-hmm. too much. But when I bought my um, second property, we pretty much funded the entire reno through refinancing. That's how we did yeah. our first renovation. We had a little bit of cash early on, but not a lot. And so we just did enough to warrant getting another valuation and then drew on the equity out of that to keep sort of moving and progressing the renovation forward. Yeah. So that's how that. we did it back then. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Great. So you, you go to your and, and this is actually what a lot of people don't don't know or don't do is that they've built equity in their principal place of residence. They've got two hundred thousand dollars and I mean, how much was the renovation in total cost at the end of the day? Oh, that that particular one was about sixty-seven thousand dollars. Okay, so yeah, seventy grand. They just pull seventy grand out of their plate, their principal place, put it in an offset account, and then use it to run the renovation. And but you use yeah. zero cash then, right? Yeah, exactly. And ours was a little bit different. We were CBA at the time, and they. Yep. Um, uh, when we when we did it, we we had to sort of take them the plans and the quotes that we'd gathered. They didn't exactly release that money to us. They just approved it and held it. And each time we wanted to get work done, we just had someone we sent an invoice to, and they paid it. And then it just got added to our mortgage. So our mortgage incrementally increased each time we needed a bill paid, and we just had access to that money for a period of like eighteen months or something. Yeah, I think, um, and and working a bit in the, in the broking space, um, because if once you start mentioning renovations or or doing anything like that, particularly if it's structural, typically the bank will want to control the funds. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm not uh, a little little tip for new players. If you speak to your broker and just say, "Oh, look, your broker should be if you're investment savvy mortgage broker, they should be saying that you it's the the funds are for future investment purposes. So keep it keep it broad, keep it broad. I'm all, I'm not not saying you should. Don't speak to your accountant and broker and make sure that it's all above board and all that. Um, but the moment you start saying renovations, then the bank will want to say, okay, look, I want to see quotes for, if you're knocking out a wall, then we then we want to control those funds and make sure that, that that's what the funds are used for. If you if you mention the word renovations. So yeah, just um, yeah, consider that conversation. Yeah, be very, your- be very cool. And also a, a great one is don't put anything in writing to your uh, broker asking for those type of things because all of their emails are tracked and they have to uh, present things in a way. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're getting in a shady area, but uh, Maybe a little shady, bit. Yeah, but just, it's not. Consider, <laughs> consider future investment yeah. purposes. Because you never know, like you might not decide to do a renovation. So I'm not suggesting, but yeah, I think there's, there's yeah. But as soon as you call that, they will want to control the funds and they want to see invoice and all that sort of stuff. So, but mm. the um, what I think Joe was getting at to, to take it back is we, we, we were talking about area research, Joe, to make sure that the numbers actually stack up based yeah. on if you buy effects and yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Because, like, look, for instance, I imagine people come to you with a renovation project and they're like, hey, I, I've got bought just bought this property, I paid, yeah, I know it was a little, you know, I know it was fifty thousand dollars over budget, I want to spend a hundred thousand dollars on a reno and I. And I reckon I'll get it for eight hundred thousand, and I bought it for five hundred thousand. And then you just look at it and you're like, "No, that's that's not reality." Unfortunately, you're not you're not working in reality. Like, how do people find an invest? Like, where? Not how do they find it, but how how do they kind of have that overlay of thinking about the renovation difference between what it is renovated at, what you buy it for before it's renovated, and what you sell it at after the reno? 
Mm. It's, it's, most of our clients come to us already having purchased the property. Um, and so okay. we don't really get too much influence in that initial period, right? So they'll come and they go, hey, I bought this property. I think it would make right. a great renovator. What yeah. do you think? Now, at that point, they're already committed <laughs> to the purchase. And so yeah. it's a case of looking what at it. What would you prefer? Would you prefer what, what, they came to you before? or And what if oh, they're wrong? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, look, there's definitely been some wrong uh, people in the past. Decisions. Yeah. And, look, we're really happy to tell them as well if we don't think it's right for renovation or if we think they've overspent. We just talked a guy out of a deal last week um, who okay. was buying a property and he was the best part of probably $40,000 over the money and it still needed – it had been renovated um, mostly, but he still needed to do a bathroom, um, some external yep. works, you know, some landscaping improvements. And by the time we, you know, we looked at that, I just said, you're going to be really um, – I think overcommitted here and you've paid too much for the property or he ended up terminating – on the building of pest so that was Lucky. i think that was good yeah yeah so it, it is absolutely my preference that if someone in our area started talking about a renovator that they actually come to us because often i think we can sort of see the vision with a property and what's going to be make like make the most investment sense obviously property managers is what we do so we want to make sure that um yeah, people aren't going to overcapitalize, spend their money wisely. But we need to understand too what what is the actual purpose of that purchase. You know, mm. Are you are you in it to flip it? Okay, well that that strategy might actually look different than someone who's thinking long term investment, um, because often probably the bulk of the renovation work that we do is tailored very much to the I say to the investor market or to the tenant audience. It's it's cost right. effective. It looks good. We don't go crazy with tile selections or you know high end stone selections in kitchens, anything like that. We keep things relatively simple, but they they appear modern, fresh. They they attract good tenants. That's that's a different conversation than hey, I want to buy something and I want to flip it, try and make you know hundred hundred and fifty grand the other side of it. That that looks totally different. And we'll, we'll bring this one up because I think it's important and we probably should have mentioned it, but you're, you're, you're at the number <laughs> way, uh, so South yeah, East Queensland. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, right. That's two um, hours west of Brisbane. Yeah, which um, do, do you see a lot of, I mean, it sounds like you must see a lot of renovations if you've done close to 50 in the last couple of years. So is that mm. typically a thing you see a lot of people renovating or there's opportunity to renovate in Toowoomba? There's been, there has been good opportunity in Toowoomba for, for a few years now. Um, we, we did one, that's, that's sort of what I say started it. And then we did ours probably five years ago. And then <clears throat> um, Toowoomba historically has been a sort of fairly cruisy town. You guys might know this. It's never had huge peaks and, and troughs in its, in its market. It's been fairly stable, consistent. But like just about all the country, COVID was pretty good for Toowoomba. There was some really strong growth and then announcement of um, some pretty key infrastructure, airports and hospital upgrades in our in our region. That sort of, I think, piqued the interest of a lot of investors and then naturally incredibly low vacancy rates has really drive rents up as well. So it's proven it's a pretty safe area to invest for a lot of people. And because a lot of those houses are older, there's sort of been this real push into to renovators for investors. And I think too, one more thing on that is we noticed a real change when... Um, like the tax laws changed, you know, when you buy new, buy, build new, you get the full depreciation benefits. But if you buy sort of an established property, you lose 
um, is it the cap? No, not the capital works. What's the other yeah, one? Yeah, the twenty the, in twenty twenty eighteen is about depreciation. They sort of limited um, limited some some what you could claim. I think I, mm. I mean I, I don't know exactly what it was, but yeah, there was they sort of reduced what you could claim from a from depreciation. Um, if if you yeah, I think that was yeah. I don't know. So there's like an added benefit as the investor if you're buying something and then renovating. Well, you you can pick up those um, pick up those the tax deductions that come with you know your investment spend so so what do you typically see your smart property investor obviously we can't give any financial tax advice but um mm-hmm. what kind of things are they doing um here's the disclaimer right love um, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite um <coughs> uh, yeah so so how how should people th- how do you think about um that situation when it comes to paying oh well like i need to replace the oven but should i have a like have a tenant in place before i do that or after i do that or i need to fix the guttering like for instance this was a situation for me right i had i had a a light renovation on a property and i did the minimal work required to get a tenant in place but i needed Mm -hmm. to fix other things that were not so visual like guttering because that allowed me to fix the guttering at a later point because i'd get a better tax deduction if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely that's that's how we encourage the reno too i mean like you know key key areas like kitchens and bathrooms where you sort of you got to do those you can't really do them with tenants in place so you naturally wait for vacancy and, and then you know get those areas done but um externally if there's any works that need to be done i mean we <laughs> i don't sort of consider that in our reno well but if there is gutters that need replacing or roofs or um, you know, landscaping is another one where those things can be done while it's tenanted. So you can make, you know, get those things repaired or make those improvements when it's tenanted. Then we absolutely encourage that. Yeah. What are some of the biggest bang for your, like, what are the top bang for your buck returns um, in terms of renovation? Like, what should people be thinking about when they <coughs> when they look at a deal and how do we get our best bang for buck? Mm, I think, um the first thing, and everyone says it's kitchens and bathrooms, they sell houses, but, you know, they are the bigger ticket expenses, right? Someone commented yeah. earlier on, um, Jeff, in the sort of the... The, 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 pre, the pre-post. Yeah, 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 the pre-post. Someone commented on their, um, you know, first impression. I think I think getting your, your first impression is actually yeah, pretty valuable. Um, yeah. Look, it's, you know... You'd argue that the genuine value of it in a rental market that's just, you know, incredibly tight. But I think in terms of attracting volume for inquiries and those sort of things, we call it your hero shot, you know, whatever your, your first property is online. If you've got a picture of a house where the gardens are sort of a bit shitty and overgrown and not looking that good, or you've got something that's just had a new fence, picket fence that's been painted, the hedges are well manicured, those sorts of things. Like they're relatively cost-effective options to to do. And they will add what I call perceived value. But yeah. people look at it and go, oh, well, it looks great on the outside. It, it must be nice and it just feels a lot nicer than the house. It's got you know, a shit show on the front yard. Well, that's, that's all renovation is, isn't it? It's adding more in perceived value than actual cost. Yeah. That's it. That's all yeah, the renovation two, two, is. $2. Spend $1 or get $2 or $3 or whatever it is. And, and that's yeah, That's what I love about the ability <laughs> some, to... Some good comments coming in. Paints 
um, got to be up there and mulch. Yeah, Do definitely. you do much m- mulching? Uh, we don't do too much gardening. Well, we, we do organise gardening stuff for people, but it's one of those things that we organise later when it's tenanted. There is one property, one of the examples I'll show you, where we did all the yard, like, and all the external works yeah. in that example. Like, that there was... Um, yeah, there was a lot of money spent there, but, you know, mulching and um, outdoor paving and that sort of stuff. But usually we leave that to later on, so I don't even sort of consider that as part of a reno. It's just something we organise down the track. The, the other part of that question can sometimes be, is it actually worth doing it, yeah. you know, for the tenancy? Or is that, a, is that an improvement you do maybe when you're thinking about selling the property, you know, getting that? So, yeah, tenants, what is that actually... That was going to be one of my. That was actually going to be one of my next questions. What does the <coughs> renovation look and feel like when you're buy, reno, hold versus buy, reno, flip and sell to an owner occupier? Because that's kind of. Would you say that that's the two options? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like, like I said, the you know the core of our audience is hold, right? So they're, they're holding yeah. property or at least flipping it with the envision to flip it to another investor, and so. That right. that process that process like the the case of the lady I spoke about, he's got the quadplex, right? Well, that's four yeah. units, not strata title. The likely buyer yep. that's going to have to be another investor. So yeah, the rocks by buy four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Highly unlikely that they'll buy four. You know, even live in my rent the other three. Um, so most of what we do is is yeah long term. For that those reasons, we we focus on you know, kitchens, bathrooms, and and the perceived value, so floor coverings, paints, those sorts yeah. of things. We don't put. But too does it much change much? Certainly. Like, does it does it change much if they're you're trying to sell it? Like, why? Like, what what differences? And maybe the answer is no. there's no difference. No, what, the difference is in 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 your level of finish. I think, um, like I said, if you're if you're selling to an owner occupier, you're trying to you're trying to tug on that that emotional heartstring more and you want it to feel a lot nicer and so mm. that's maybe when you start considering things like you know upgraded tile selection um you know whether you instead of using laminate bench tops you're using stone laminate cabinet doors you're going to use two pack you know you got to know your audience as well i think you got to know who who the likely buyer is but that's that's the key thing that changes you know you might put a little bit more uh spend into getting the layout bang on for an owner occupier versus the renter who's happy to, you know, just have a shower over bath, for example. Yeah. Mm. But let, let's let's just say somebody wants to um I know it sounds like you you don't do a lot of these sort of buy and buy flip buy and flip. I mean they've got that quadplex, but let's say somebody wants to how much um I mean and it sounds like people already bought the property, so maybe you you don't do or haven't had the opportunity to do a lot of this. But do you look at um, sort of comparable sales and sort of say, well, actually, there's one that sold two weeks ago that's a similar finish. We can get it to that for X amount and sort of reverse engineer and say there should be X amount of profit. Do you do much of that? Is that sort of, yeah. I think well, interesting because I'm doing that right now for a property that I've just purchased. So, Ooh, interesting. so yeah, so I, How did I the process a... go anyway? Well, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, so is a house in um, Darling Heights in the end. Um, yeah. I, I bought, some people, if they're watching this, they might have started coming and ahhing about. Uh, no, not really, actually, which is probably a good thing to be honest. Yeah. Huh. Oh, it's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a good thing. 
a good thing to flip it because I'm flipping with the intention of it going to an owner occupier. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm I'm making sure that what I what I do there, it's a, I'm a bit being a bit bolder in my choices, my cabinet selections, my tile selections, those sorts of things. Um, the yeah, I, I'm sort of I'm trying to envisage. Okay, what are people going to like for this property? So. Uh, there's a bit more strategic planning going in. There's a lot of a landscape plan in that property. Like it's a cul-de-sac block. So it's yep. a bit of a funny shaped backyard and it's got a slope in the backyard. And so we, okay. we sort of been trying to plan what we can do strategically in the back there to visually improve the landscape and make it look good, feel good for someone, pull on those mm. emotional heartstrings. So that's, that's a different, yes, yeah, it's, it's just a different thought process. We know that we'll spend more. And coming back to your question, Jeff, is did we reverse sort of engineer the process? Yeah, we did. We sort of had a look and said, okay, well, we can see that growth's coming from the neighbouring suburb. People are sort of getting priced out of Carney Spring. If you know the Matumba area, Carney Springs performed Better pretty well. Darling, Darling Heights is sort of the next one behind Carney Spring um, in terms of um, growth and people being attracted to that suburb. You get a similar product, so you get your four, two, and two brick house there, and it sort of feels a bit modern. Um, we went, well, let's have a look at what is selling in Darling Heights right, right now, but also what can we maybe compare in Carney Spring that has been renovated, that's nice, that's got that good, and what sort of prices were they were they achieving? Obviously, I'm a real estate agent, right? So I'm prepared to always test the market as well when we when we sell something. Um, but I felt pretty confident that we bought at 563. Our reno spend on this is probably going to sit somewhere around 36 to 40. We'll get a lot done for that. Very affordable. Bathroom kitchen. Uh, yeah, we've got two bathrooms to do. Um, that's that's going right. to be the real challenge is the two bathrooms. Wow. And, and two kitchen, bathrooms but... and a kitchen for, for 40. Yeah. Yeah, are, are, you, are you doing exactly. some of the are you doing some of the work yourself, or how? how are you yes, getting... so, look, I, I, I've got to be honest. I'm, I'm obviously doing what we've done for the last five years. We are well connected, so the guys that we work with regularly <laughs> do look after our pricing. Full these, yeah. People lo losing right. money to do this job. I mean, I, I feel I want to buy these these trays a bunch of beers, mate. I mean, something or yeah. that drink. I'm really interested in this group chat um, often to see what it costs people. We were having this conversation backstage, right? What what people are actually yeah. paying to to do renovation work. Um, yeah. I know it changes place to place, but for whatever reason, we we can get stuff done pretty good pricing. Like my kitchen, it was it was ten grand for the cabinetry, and then the appliance uh, 10, ten grand for the cabinetry installed. I'm pulling out the old kitchen. Yeah, completely. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so so I guess because some people are like, oh, you can save the carcass of the kitchen and just put new cabinet, you know, doors on. You're saying yeah. you're completely brand new, tear through. Um, yeah, buy Reno Flip School is on Channel Nine right now. Um, mm. You know, you could watch that or you could watch this, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, there's your, there's your choices. <laughs> Learn about. Pretend Renos or real Renos? Which do you want? Yeah. <laughs> and we have no ads. Oh, wait, yes, we do. Actually, now that, now that I think about that. Um, but, yeah, sorry. So $10,000 for a kitchen, what, what does that look like? What does, it, what does that actually mean? Yeah, so. That sounds uh, cheap. Yeah, it, look, it's cheap. We Again, we've, mm. we've looked at our audience. We're, we're going, 
like color. We've got a combination of, of sort of timber look and uh, a, a black kitchen with white laminate bench tops. So we're not going to get too carried away in putting stone in there. We did um and R about with it. No, no, we're not going to do the stone. It was like an extra four grand um, just okay. for the for the fake stuff. Um, and then we bought our appliance package. Now we have trade accounts set up all through town, so mm. we I think we get pretty good pricing on a lot of our product as well. Mm. And um, yeah, so we're sort of just leveraging that network. So ten grand for it installed. I'm pulling out the old one. Obviously, I've got to dump the old one. So there's that sort of expense too that you might have to pay a trade ordinarily. But yeah, um, ten grand for my kitchen. The la- oh, laundry's getting done too, by the way. Well, well just what, 10. yeah, I uh, know. No, sorry, in that 40, yeah, 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 sort of yeah. 30. Uh, what, what, what do you yeah. need to do in the laundry? Are you just doing the tiles, or what, what's or like putting a nice European they do European kitchens up in so it's, it's one of those like houses that's got a massive laundry, but it's only got the wash tub in it. Ah, <laughs> that's it. It's weird. So, what, what do you space. need like some yeah, cupboards so, or something? Yeah, put something literally. In. So, we're just putting overhead cupboards. Uh, you know, yep. cupboard. We're ripping out the old um, trough because it's got a little bit of rust in it, and we'll just put a yep. sink and bench. Again, it's all laminate. Um, it's not going to be anything too crazy, but where we'll sort of add that perceived value is we've got pretty good tile selection. Um, you know, KitKat tiles all the way, so we're using KitKat tiles in there. We do use reasonably good appliances because that seems to be a thing that people get hung up on. Um, you know, which appliances are in the property, so we'll, we'll make sure we do that and tapware yeah. as well. And yeah, that's unreal. Well, look, someone's commented, um, I'm paying $23,000 for a new kitchen, including removal of a wall and 20 millimeter stone. So what did you say? If you were going stone, it would be an extra 4,000? Yeah, yeah, it would have been about 40. Yeah, yeah it would have been about, oh, well, that, what do they call it? The um, engineered stone, that 20 mil. Stuff, yeah, that's that's yeah. person out as well. Yeah, there you go. So I, I want to. That's that sounds um sounds interesting. So you sort of factored in, and and you you reckon you you're going to want to try and sell it. We should have talked before this. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I, I wouldn't necessarily. Depends on where your renovation is. Like if you're yeah. in sort of if you're in Paddington, well, Sydney, then yeah, you, you want to make sure you're appealing to that sort of demographic and that audience. Yeah, yeah. actually, there's a plum. Actually, there's a plumber on here. I think this is the one that made the comment. I charge five hundred to a thousand dollars per fixture in bathroom supply and install. Do you charge differently per postcode? So, as a plumber, do you if you go to a really nice area, do you does it get more expensive to do the same job? We were talking about what, what were we saying? Postcode pricing increase. Um, is this for Luke Luke Donlan or are you not? Not for Luke. Luke no, Luke I'm asking Conroe. the guy, the the plumber. Oh, that's, his name's Luke as well. That's Luke. Don- oh, is it? Oh, it's double Luke. Yeah. But no, I'm yeah, interested I was like, because I've got I, I, not a plumber. I've got I've got yeah. No, you're not a plumber. No, I've got I've got friends that are electricians, and they do the exact. They're like, oh well, it could. I'm going to Coogee. Great, yeah, it's X dollars. I'm going to uh, you know this spot. Oh, it's Y dollars. Um, but yeah, it's it's good to understand that. But one thing that that you that mentioned that highlighted to me is that you're going to trades uh you're asking people to do the work for you right this twenty three thousand dollar is just saying great you do all of that but what you're saying to me is you're going and buying the equipment so you're buying all the stuff and then going to the people to say install it or how how do how do you optimize that situation how do we get the best bang for our buck yeah so again right this is just for our, our client audience we've got trade accounts set up at tile places 
yeah. flooring joints. Um, you know, Bunnings yeah. might attend those sorts of places as well. Yeah. Um, certain things we don't buy, like the cabinet maker, we don't buy his material. We don't know what he yeah. needs, yeah. so we just leave that to him, right, how much yeah. he needs. But things like if we're doing a bathroom, uh, you know, we know that, okay, we, we can do a quick measure and work out how much sheeting we need for that bathroom. And so rather than our trades, uh, there's a couple of things that we'll end up going into on this as well, but rather our trades sort of wasting time having to go and pick this stuff up, we'll work out yeah. together on site what they need. We'll order it because our client's given us some money already for the reno. So we'll order it on behalf of the client, get it delivered to site so it's there for the tradies. So they've just got it on site. They can get stuck straight into it. There's no downtime in them waiting for material to arrive. So we'll make sure we get everything organised sort of as it's needed through the Renault project. So it's on site for them so they don't have any downtime. Have you had anything stolen? Because uh, the reason I ask this is I, I, I spent thousands of dollars on blinds, a bench, a thing. I got everything delivered <laughs> and the place was had no blinds because the blinds were in a box and at night time um someone it was you know there was it, it was, the walls were not on and we did a full renovation and i got everything delivered and then the next day i go and there's nothing there it all got stolen Did they broke into so the house or was it left out they the broke front? into the house yeah, no, no, they, no 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 it was it was no there, no there were obviously walls but i mean internal walls like it was you couldn't oh, live in it so no one was living in it we put all mm -hmm. the equipment in there but we didn't have blinds up so people could see that it was a vacant property with you know renovation and it just got it just got nicked but um do you think about i've heard stories that that happened to me it's happened to other people i know yeah um how do you make sure that it doesn't happen we haven't had anyone break into places yet thankfully but we have had That's people good. steal stuff out of the skip bins and it's not stealing if it's out of a skip bin. that's free yeah that's like well yeah it's it was sort of in, always planned for the dump but like sometimes so the the toilet, you know like the old concrete laundry troughs yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. like the, oh, the owners yeah. we have heaps of them right in some of the bathroom uh, in some of the laundries we do and the owners will be like oh, i keep that a lot of rural owners keep that i'll i'll use that for my horses and so we get it there and it's heavy as buggery. The guy's put it out the front and it's gone. You know, so oh. like we've had those sorts of things get stolen, but okay. nothing. No, no, no it's a couple of Arnold Schwarzeneggers pop along and carry it on their back. Um, but oh, yeah. So let's 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 get back to I want to get back to some of these slides because you you know the things what are the things you should be looking for? So let's kind of crystallize and, and put these in some dot points because we've there's so much value in a lot of things, but I want you to sort of tell us like what have you got? Mm. What have you put together for us? Let's so this is this sort of list is what if someone's coming to me and saying, hey, we're thinking about this property as a renovator, these are the things that I'm considering. So what flooring mm. um, and foundation are they working with? Is it slab? Is it on stumps like brick pillar stumps, timber stumps? Is it adjustable steel stumps? Um, that's a really that? important one. Is, um, is that because if, of the cost or what's what's the purpose? What's the, Why does that matter? Yeah, so obviously if you're on slabs, it's a lot harder to reconfigure a room if you need to. And a lot of what we do, particularly in bathrooms, is we're, we're reconfiguring to make it work the best in that space. Now, obviously, if you're on a slab, that's it's really hard to do. But if you've got uh, a timber floor with a bit of a crawl space, we can get underneath there. Well, it's often really easy to uh, move plumbing within within that footprint to sort of suit a better layout for the space. Um, the reason I've touched on brick pillar, timber stumps, adjustable steel, well, if it's got timber stumps, how, how um, susceptible is that property to movement? 
is it level to begin with because they can create issues through the um through the renovation process in terms of walls not being square um, adjustable steel a lot of houses in toowoomba are you know sort of on stumps of some kind a lot of slab houses modern ones but a lot of the ones that we do reno work on are on stumps of some description mostly brick pillar or timber um, brick pillar is better to work with than timber obviously but it can still sometimes mean that we might have to do a little a bit of re-leveling to make sure we can get the wall square internally um, you don't want to have to be replacing timber stumps uh, because that's an expensive exercise and re-leveling houses that gets very costly quickly so when you think about this like from a renovation standpoint if someone comes to you it fundamentally changes the makeup of the renovation that you're going to do sure yeah absolutely so and how much cost does it add like if we if we see two identical houses that we believe we can make the same amount of money on um you're saying maybe the slab's gonna if you're trying to reconfigure the bathroom you can't add plumbing work because you have to tie like you have to drill in and hack out and build out the plumbing mm. work rather when it's on stumps you can just you can just go you underneath just, the house. You literally gut it, re, yeah, reconfigure it, suited to how you want it to work. It's much, much easier. Um, the, yeah. the big example that I like to give is, okay, well, if it's a house that's on brick pillar or adjustables versus timber, okay, well, if you want to renovate a house that's still on the original timber stumps, um, mm. you know, are you going to level that house? It'll be a couple of grand to level the house. Um, or are you going to have to replace the stumps? And replacing the timber stumps with the adjustable steels in our area is about five fifty a stump. So some of those older houses might have you know, forty five to fifty stumps underneath them. You do the mass; it's a pretty expensive exercise to restump a house. Yeah, wow, that's getting really expensive. Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice. Okay, so if we're there? thinking, if we're thinking about a renovation. Um, for a bathroom or something where we need to rejig and say, hey, I'm going to take this from a three-bed, one-bath to a four-bed, two-bath, it's going to be easier tile. to think about. What's that? Hopefully tile, I imagine, or like easy tile. Is it what? Where are we sort of going with that? As in, as in does, this, this, does this here, thinking about the stump arrangement, does that make it easier That's, to... That to, changes. Yeah, that changes what you're... Definitely. Yeah, definitely. We don't do a lot of that anyway to be transparent. Yeah. So we don't... It's not often that we'll go and add a bathroom um, or add uh, another bedroom. Occasionally mm -hmm. we've done... We have done a couple. It's probably one I can show recently that we did mm. where we did end up adding a second bathroom. But again, we understood the audience and we thought that was a good value add in that house. But usually to add a whole another bathroom as well, that, that can add some cost too because depending on where you, where all your plumbing connections sit, as in how far you've got to get your plumbing to a certain point, well, that can be a cost. You think of, think about power, running additional power, that sort of stuff. So there's, there's a couple of hurdles to jump through. It's why we don't usually recommend it in the investor world anyway. Yeah, good comment that come up, I imagine, by Luke the plumber. Um, Luke, in starting a bathroom reno at a house with a 1.5 metre gap underneath, which is massive, um, is. easiest reconfigure ever. Right? Last one I did was 40 centimetres. Commander <laughs> crawled in and out. Yeah. 40 centimetres? I, I love 40 our centimeters. plumbers. Yeah. Poor buddy. <laughs> our plumber actually, his name's Luke as well. Um, the plumber that does in the our, name. our work. And he's an absolute champion of a bloke. I don't know that it's him himself getting out of the houses anymore, but... Some of the spaces are tight. One of the ones we're working on now probably doesn't have much more than 60 centimetre crawl space, but 
it's something and it's it's doable. Yeah, it's the stuff nightmares are made of. But it's a good mm. consideration for people that are starting um, a a um, <laughs> starting a to think about renovation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> starting to think about renovation is oh, I didn't even think the concrete. It's a concrete slab, so I can't make it as easy as I could with a with a wooden wooden pier. So that's an awesome little tip for beginners to just think what is that bottom stuff made out of what is the thing sitting on because it will fundamentally change the way that you renovate this thing mm, exactly right so then uh, another consideration Oops, sorry. With, with, with the concrete slab does that just add costs like i imagine you can probably do it but you just need to cut through it i imagine if you're going to do it you, you can't do it usually we've done a couple on slab but usually we just keep the configuration as it is so whilst it might not be the most optimal layout for it, we're just we're more inclined to suggest to an owner that they leave it as it is. Don't bother reconfiguring it; just improve, improve the look of it. Mm. Yeah, love it. That's a solid tip. I like that one. What's the next one? Um, yeah, so it's talking about access to plumbing and electrical. Like, is there a crawl space? We touched on that, um, but also asking the question is: is the home double story? Why is that That's important? a really important question. If you've got bathrooms or kitchens upstairs and you've got to potentially look at replacing plumbing, well, it's all of a sudden you're not just expensive. You're not you just, add... Yeah, you're not just replacing the Where's kitchen it going? bathroom upstairs, but yeah. you potentially got to, if you want to reconfigure the layout, do you have to pull down the ceiling in the downstairs areas to redirect your plumbing or, or move that around? So Jeez. that adds another cost um, to the to the renter. Um, and so that stuff can get pretty expensive pretty quickly. Where's the meter box located? So the power meter box on the house is if you're looking at adding anything um, to the property, do you have to, how far do you have to run cable? How far, um, you know, do you have to, if you're going to reconfigure, like I'll give you the example that one I told you about where mm. we added the second bathroom, well, we actually had to move the meter box because the bathroom where we were putting it the ensuite that we ended up adding, it was into, and the, where we wanted to put the uh, ensuite tapware was basically mm. directly behind the meter box. So oh. it, it, that was an expensive cost to move that meter box. We, yeah. we repositioned it towards the front of the house. I think off memory is about six grand to do that. But, you know, we did the numbers with that. Yeah, no, there's value in this. It's still it's still worth doing, but it's a, it's a cost that, you know, if you're mindful of your Renault spend, something you want to try and avoid if you can. You don't want to be moving meter boxes if you well, don't have to. Yeah, that would suck. But I guess if it if it if it makes financial sense. One of the mm. things, a bit of a furphy out there in the world, maybe it's not a furphy, or it would be good to get you to they say spend ten percent on a renovation of the house cost. So if it's a five hundred thousand dollar house, you spend fifty thousand dollars on a renovation. If it's a seven hundred thousand, you spend seventy on a renovation. How do you think about like allocation of cost to the? How do we think about how how should like I just I like like little rules like that, and this is why people love it. Ten percent. I just need to ten percent. Is that the case, or how do you kind of think on that, the cost? Look, that's a hard question to speak broadly on. How we yeah. think about cost is what is the best value for buck. Where like. What's going to get you the best return? In some later slides, I've talked about how we justify whether we think a Renault's worth doing. Mm. Look, I don't necessarily think that, you know, spend a dollar, you want to make a dollar or two dollars or three dollars. I don't think that exists so much anymore. Uh, we work on, you know, if we can spend a dollar, can we make at least 50 cents on that dollar? That's what we work with. 
And sometimes it's more, but if it's not at least 50 cents on the dollar, then we go, oh, okay, well, that's, that's so not. You see me, you see me making a dollar 50 for a dollar. You see me making an extra 50 cents on what he Yeah, yeah, exactly. Make, making oh. 50 cents, right, on the dollar. Sorry. You're not losing money. Yeah. Joe's, okay. Joe's worried. Yeah, like, yeah. You're losing money. Yeah, no, yeah no, you, no, not, you not have not sold money. me if you're losing money. No, no, no. <laughs> we got the no, wrong no. guy for this one. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, what have you done? <laughs> no, yeah, okay, $1.50. You, you spend a yeah. dollar, you get a dollar fifty back. Yeah, you're getting something yeah. back out of it. And, and this is where, like, I think flipping is, like, I feel like when people start investing, they're like, great, I'm going to go house and land because that's where all the marketing and the media is. And then they start to dig in. Actually, house and land packages are not actually the best way. I want to add value mm. through renovation. I've seen the block. Um and then and then they throw all this money at it and they don't get the don't get the return. Um, there's yeah. no so ROI, think- there's no ROI there. But then they also think, oh, I'm going to flip houses. But flipping houses, when you factor in renovation costs, your purchasing costs, you've got um, your your stamp duties, your legals, and then selling costs. It becomes very difficult to buy, renovate, and sell a house within you know six months or three months or whatever it is, and actually getting that profit. So um, I think buy, rent, or hold is a little bit more realistic for people. Yeah, 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 exactly right. And that, to, again, on that sort of principle, I was saying that's really focused around investors, right? If you're if you're buying to flip, you're not going to be happy with you know making fifty cents. Fifty cents. You're yeah. going to be shooting for more. So that that's for investors. That's how we choose to look at it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's let's fly, fly through some of these things to think about. So, are right. the wet areas, the avoidance, wet areas, position external walls, or are they in the center of the house? And then well, what's probably easier if it's on the external walls, I imagine. Yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, beyond just plumbing, beyond just plumbing, um, you know, you got to think about ventilation as well. Mold's a pretty big issue in the rental world right now. Certainly in Queensland, oh, yeah. it's like in other states, but. We deal with a lot of mould issues in properties, and so we want to know how easy is, is it to adequately vent a bathroom. It's going to be coming in oh, as yeah. part of our minimum housing standards um, later. Oh, wow. So how, how, how should we? Th- yeah, how should we think about ventilation? Because it's, you know, I, I look at a house, I'm like, I don't think, oh my gosh, ventilation. Um, what are some of the quick wins in ventilation that we can that we can go for? Oh, a quick one is um, anytime you vent. Uh, or put an extraction fan in a bathroom or a laundry, for that matter, um, venting it to the safety or right out of the roof space. Often we just think about venting it to the roof space. Um, look, there, there might be some rules and regulations in other areas about this, but in our area, it's just so long as it's vented, it's sort of adequate. The yeah. problem, and I just give the example with mould, right? Often if the bathroom's on the external wall, it's usually you know the lowest pitch of the roof as well. It's where the roof's yeah. coming down. And so if you're venting straight up onto a colour bond roof, all it's doing is it's condensing on the roof, the water's running down, it's sitting on the top of the ceiling sheet, it's creating mould. So Mm. that's a bit of a pain in the backside when that happens. Yeah. So we want to try and get that. Well, I fix it. Yeah, so we try and get it vented to the feed so all that moisture and condensation can't form on on the roof sheet. Sometimes it happens, you know, just from climate as well. If you're cold, you know, cold climates and warmer days. Yeah. One of my quick wins is um, when you switch the light on, the fan goes on no matter what. Yeah. You can't, there's no yeah. fan switch, light switch. It is turn the fan on, switch, that comes on. Because some people don't like the noise. Oh, I don't like the, I like the sound of rain but when I think I'm it showering. makes the bathroom colder. 
Oh, well, that yeah. oh, yes. would. But it does. It you would need, do, you actually. Need the heat, the heat lights, would. but then the heat lights break, and then you have, yeah, it's, yeah, it's annoying. But yeah, no, it's but. It's a draft stopper on your door. Not a big deal. <laughs> but that's a great point. I mean, it, that that helps me a lot. But I actually just vent to the roof. I don't. I don't do any fancy venting to the atmosphere. How much extra does it cost to go from, you know, the roof space into outside? It's not a lot to be honest. It's it's, it's that um, what do you call it? It's not yeah. for, but it's that, that corrugated sort of tubing stuff. Yeah, I just vent it there. Oh, it might be an extra 150, 200 bucks, like for our guys to do it. Yeah, and then one getting a tradesperson out there to assess the the damage of oh yeah, there's mold here. How much is a mold treatment actually? Like if there's a, there's mold in a bathroom or on a back wall mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, the guy that we use, his treatments like start a cheap ones like six fifty, and then they go up. Like we've done some pretty grand, five grand, some shockers. There's actually there's an old video on my Facebook page from like a few years back on one of our Renault projects when we were used to trade under a different. Um, brand as a Harcourt's office and we did videos of this place before we did the mold remediation it was horrendous that was a four thousand dollar job so yeah and the tenants were living in it because they were scared about saying anything because they get kicked out jeez wow That's scary though. Like, particularly if you you have you have kids or whatever. But um, okay. So let's 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 stay on point. There's so much more. Um, so evidence of extensive renovation items. So you, you're you're not a fan of removing wall um, walls or room reconfigurations, moving kitchens or bathrooms. You're not a yeah, fan exactly. of that. No, again, right in the investor space, it's about what what can you do to keep the cost as low as you can, get best bang for your buck. Um, mm. It's been How about adding walls? That, what do you think about adding walls to create another bedroom? If it oh, see, so usually we actually usually we take walls out. Again, right in some of the in some of the suburbs that we're renovating in, I think you know we're so accustomed to think oh four bed two bath is the best combination, but I think it really comes down to knowing who your audience is, and in in our area, right there's the the, the four person family households pretty common. So mum, dad, two kids. And uh, I think that is a, you know, they are almost more happy to be in a three bed, two bath and have two living as opposed to having the fourth bedroom. Um, And we've done a couple of renovators where they have been four bed, two bath, two car, but only one living. And we know that there's more value in having a second living space than a fourth bedroom. And so we'll sometimes, you know, open up that room and create sort of a second living space. So it feels like a living space and not a small bedroom. And in terms of value, what are you talking about from a valuation perspective or from a rental perspective? Again, rental value, right? So anytime I talk this stuff, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly focused on the rental yield that it can deliver to our clients. Um, I, I would uh, sometimes argue that there's value in having a that combination for resale purposes too, but um, again, it comes back to knowing the audience of the of the area. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, because that's that's. I mean, adding a four bed, making a three bed one bath into a four bed two bath from a valuation perspective, mm. makes a far better a way to go. Um, but from a rental perspective, it still lifts the value. But there's definite ways that you could configure that um, in a way that that maximizes rental better, better. Return. 
Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about like, you know, if we're going to spend an investor's money, and maybe this will help understand a bit more. If we're going to spend money, the investor's money, how can we get a, how can we get a, you know a good return on what what they spend the cash on cash return? So if they're going to spend fifty grand, for example, we're encouraging yeah. our audience to see at least a ten percent return on that money. So if you're going to spend fifty grand, you want to see five grand a year in additional income. So it's almost you know, just call it a hundred bucks a week. Yeah. So. You know, can you get a hundred dollars a week spending fifty grand? And let's say the bathroom might cost us ten grand, but by the time you get to the top end of a budget, all of a sudden, you know, you got to, you got to get more, right? So if you're going to spend sixty grand, it's six six thousand dollars. That's you got to you've got to jump pretty significantly in your weekly rent to be able to sort of get your ten percent return on your money, which now, is probably probably mm. not going to happen. And, and sometimes yeah. it's not doable. So certain suburbs, it's not doable. Like I said, whilst it might be great for, and that might be the argument from resale, right? Is if you're a flipper and you're trying to sell to an owner occupier, okay, well, the actual cash on cash return from a rental perspective doesn't make sense. But to the owner occupier, to that emotional buyer who will pay more for that product, maybe they want the two right bathrooms. They've got they've got two kids and 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 they're trying to get ready in the morning. And next minute, there's like <laughs> two people lined up for the bathroom trying to have a shower, and it's annoying. Yeah, they exactly want that right. second bathroom. They need it. They'll pay for it. Yeah, exactly right. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we just we just try and avoid where we can reconfiguring too too extensively. We don't want to move a kitchen from one side of the house to the other. You know, keep it at the same yeah, spot. Just make it work a bit better in the space. Love it. Okay, well, we've got another couple of slides that's going to dive deeper into the, the renovation space before we uh, jump, yeah, how to manage this project um, and, and actually how to make money from it because I see a lot of investors going out there and I'm going to do absolutely everything. I'm going to tear the wallpaper down. I'm going to install this and then I've actually, actually my next door neighbour, um, I said, hey, how's it going? He's like, oh, I've just bought a property. I'm like, oh, congratulations. A couple, oh, look at this. Are they still and doing the like, reno, yeah. Joe? Oh, mate, it's been like six months and every single, like the way you've got to think about <laughs> it, when you've, got a six, it. when you've got a 6% interest rate, every single day is costing you $150, every single day. So if you delay <laughs> trades for a week, that is a massive cost to you. So I, I'm like, oh, how's the running going? Oh, mate, you have no idea. I'm like, oh, you must be very busy down there. No, no, I just can't get down there. I'm like, but 150, 150, 150, like the clock's ticking, mate. You need to get on it. Um, so how do we, how should we think about like project management? But before we go to that, let's. The amazing thing with commercial property investing is that in most cases, it's cash flow positive from day one, which means that you can drive those profits towards paying down the debt. There are instances with commercial property investing where you can actually have the property pay itself off over 10 years, which is absolutely crazy. With commercial property, you get massive net yield, so you can expect anywhere between six to 10%. And as we've seen in the current boom, these properties not only provide large cash flow, they do certainly grow wildly in value too. Now with big rewards comes some risk, and this is why you should de-risk your investment as much as possible. And the way you do that is with expert due diligence. And this is why we highly recommend people hire professionals to help you along in your investing journey. Steve Polisi of Polisi Property is one such expert. Being a chartered mechanical and structural engineer in a past life, Steve draws on his analytical and mathematical skills to do that expert due diligence for you. 
With six years' experience in the space, Steve has over 1,200 property transactions under his belt. He's the guy you want in your corner, crunching the numbers and finding the best properties in the best locations, along with ensuring that you avoid the mistakes. Steve has actually even written the book on commercial property investing in Australia. And not only is it a bestseller, I believe it to be the most comprehensive in commercial property investing on the market today. He's been generous enough to give us a massive discount for our audience of 50%. So use the code OZPROP, click the link below, get a copy today and start learning and getting on your commercial property investing journey. Oh, there we go. Commercial property. Do you think about <laughs> renovations for commercial property at all? No, it's probably not something I've um, I've given too much thought for. We manage a bit of commercial stuff, but I'm certainly no expert in it. That's for sure. It's a whole different. It's a completely different world, right? Mm. Um, um, okay, cool. So, what have we got here? We got another slide coming up. Tips and tricks to save you money. What a title. What are some of your golden rules? What are some of the golden tips that we should be thinking about here? Yeah, so the first point's a really strong one. I think, um, and I don't know, I can't speak to all states. I'm Queensland, so I only know this in Queensland. But when you're making an offer, consider an early access clause. Um, so wow. early access yep. basically just allows you access to the property before you settle. Usually it happens when you go unconditional. And it might, sometimes you can do it where you can actually start working on a property but most people aren't comfortable with that. And so if nothing Understandably else, early, so. <laughs> yeah. If, yeah, yeah. if nothing else, the early access course. Have you ever got you that? Have you ever got someone? I mean, I, I deal with a lot of a lot of properties and, and I try and get early access and I try and get negotiate this uh, working on the project beforehand. But the, the conveyancer always says, no, no, this is too much risk. Because if you start a renovation, you tear down a wall and then you can't get finance or your settlement falls through or whatever it is, um, yeah. that person's house is now less valuable. Have you actually gotten that? We've got plenty of early access clauses, but not yeah, yeah, to... Yeah not for the purpose of renovation. I can think of Doing the work. That, that, that we've been able to make a start on. Everything else wow. is just let us get our trades through, plan, so that one settlement rolls around, we can get stuck into it straight away. So how important is this? Because I think this is like an undervalued thing that people are like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's, well, it's a nice to have. It's a nice to have. How important actually, like how much of a value difference does it make to the bottom line for a reno project? Well, you said it. Um, Joe, every every day would say one hundred and fifty dollars. I didn't know that, right? But it, let's mm. you know, assume it is one hundred and fifty dollars. If you can avoid delays through the renovation process by having all your trades organised and sort of ready to pull the trigger or, or start work, you know, as soon as it settles, you're yep. saving. You sort of you're, well, big picture, you'll save money. But you want to try and reduce those reno times right down. Are there any tips for the average sort of person that, that doesn't, might not be sort of organising a, um, a a property manager who's I mean hopefully using a property manager is good at this sort of stuff anyway, but let's just let's just pretend it's not and the, and the investors doing it themselves. Are there any tips to making sure you're getting trades um, motivated together and quotes or what sort of have you seen people do that yeah. without? <laughs> well, that comes back to what I said at the start, right? Before you make the offer, spend time networking connecting with trades to find out what their lead times are like mm -hmm. and, and get an understanding of that like the relationship building with trades is yeah it's it's tricky 
you know, like, like I said, I like to think we had a little bit of a, I guess, an upper hand because of what we do. But I started this business five years ago from nothing. And it took me probably two years to establish a really good trade network. So um, for the individual, I think you can still sort of achieve that much quicker. We were sort of thinking bigger picture, trying to service many clients and what those relationships look like. But if you start that those conversations, having those conversations and trying to understand lead times prior to even making an offer, going unconditional on a property, I think that can save you a lot of time. Yeah, yeah. Understanding what is easily accessible and what isn't is mm. is foundational because that changes what you're purchasing as well. Like if, if you yeah. know it's incredibly difficult to get someone that can, like a tiler, for instance, well, I'm not going to do many bathroom renovations. If this property needs a bathroom renovation, it's not something that I'm going to go ahead and purchasing. That's yeah, a, um, yeah, exactly right. It's a great point. Yeah. <laughs> I think, um, so you yeah. go. I was going to say, what, what, what's a good way for somebody to vet um, a, a trade that they're actually good at what they're doing? Like, do you sort of ask for word of mouth or are you Google reviews? Like, what, what, uh, I'm always asking, like, a lot of people are using social media now, even the tradies, right? They might not be the most tech savvy guys, but they still will put, you know, work that they're proud of on their social media. Um, maybe not as common for the guys that are flat out, but then that's also a red flag in itself, right? If they're just super busy, it perhaps maybe they're not the the right person for you to use you gotta be careful that one yeah exactly you don't necessarily want the guy who's you know can do the work tomorrow either because maybe that's a question mark over his are they new or are they just nobody's using them yeah 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 like we started with new people coming in they'd worked for companies and then they came in and started their own things and we we trialed them admittedly i trialed them on my own houses first um and so that's sort of how i built that for our clients but um, yeah, I think a bit of research, social media, see what they're like, um, asking them, hey, have you got any work that we can see? It's a great question here. If it's a chippy, ask to see how well looked after their chisels are. <laughs> <laughs> can just imagine that conversation. Now, um, I, know we're on, I know we're on a phone call, but can you just go onto FaceTime? Just show me your chisels, please. I just want to see how, how sharp they are. Um, so where are some of the unlikely places to find good trades? Like where are some of your like secret spots? Uh, look, the, the one that I, I love is just like Facebook mark, oh, not marketplace, Facebook, the community pages, local community yep. pages. Oh, yeah. I like, that's like some of the best. Even still, occasionally we need someone like a service that, you know, we know that our trades are committed on, on other projects, our regulars, and we need someone else. And I'm like, mm. I'm not searching through Google, calling 16 different guys. I'll just put a post on the community page on Facebook. Yeah. Uh, who's a great, great chippy, you know, or whatever, whatever it is. Who's a great gardener who can who can get a job done inside the next week. I'm happy happy to pay reasonable rates. You know, they'll, yeah. people just flood it with whoever they want. So yeah. sort of oh, actually, I know Steve, who's, yeah, who, mm. whose number's here. Or I know, you know, John. That's a great, that is a great little tip. Um, yeah, that's, one, that's the quickest one, I think. Another one's Airtasker, which is which is pretty good. Um, <laughs> but you need to pay Airtasker for the work and you need to, it's a bit, you have to pay Airtasker, obviously. But um, that's a good little one. Gumtree as well, but groups. I should have Airtasker. They should have used Airtasker for that furniture assembly at that unit. That works. Is that I did it. You should have got you, you did it yourself. No, no, no. I didn't do it myself. No, no. We just we paid a cabinet maker to do it, actually. 
instead of playing cabinet maker. What to, to, to put put together a, a bloody IKEA? <laughs> like, well, yeah, put together beds and couches and assemble all the furniture, yeah. tables, coffee tables, that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, at least he's com- at least he's qualified. <laughs> mm. um, uh, okay, what are our other tips? What are some other, other golden tips? tips? I think just having concept sketches and plans ready to show your trades. Um, I think that's helpful, like putting pen to paper and and sort of drawing what you envisage for the space. And maybe if you're a first time investor doing a couple of sketches and and as you sort of start to do the produce, you'll sort of know what what can be easily done and what can't. So just taking those in so they can sort of see your vision and then they'll be able to step you through as to whether or not it's doable. Um, so what does that actually mean? Get drawings and, and, and draft it up. What does it actually look like? Sketch it yourself. Traders are skillful people, right? They they know by looking at, you know, often if you can draw reasonably well, I should say this, you can draw reasonably <laughs> well. Um, they'll, they'll get a general gist of what you're trying to achieve, certainly from a layout point of view. And um, we just used to start by drawing on a four bit of paper. So I hope we want the bathroom to look something like this. And then they started, started saying, hey, we need to know a bit more information around drainage and this sort of stuff and blah, blah, blah. You know, tell us what you want that to look like and we'll see what we can make happen. But just literally sketching it yourself. You don't have to go and engage um, an architect or a draftsman or anything like that. Just start yourself. But you might have to, in the early days, provide a couple of drawings, particularly if you want to reconfigure a space. Yeah, that's okay. Cool. Yeah, because I was thinking a full full out sketch. I mean, I can't draw for anything, so that you know, I may as well hire someone because it's not yeah. going to happen for me. You'll be amazed uh, at some of the bathrooms and kitchens that come to life <laughs> just from a little basic drawing that we draw. We just give that to the trainers. So we want to look like this, and they just go, "Yep, no worries, we'll make that happen." Yeah, or they say, "No, that's not possible." To an example is, um, I was recently we. Doing a doing a property where we were doing a renovation in the bathroom, where we had a bathroom and then we had a walk-in wardrobe that on the floor plan was actually really small, but in real life the floor plan was not to scale, and you mm. could actually build an entire bathroom out of that. Um, and we connected, we, did that. we made the it. Back. Yeah, the connected. Took of- took advantage of the plumbing on that side of things, and then and then. And you say that actually, we did we did draw it out. We we drew it out on the floor plan and said toilet here, shower here, handrails <laughs> here, plumbing here. And I guess doesn't, it doesn't have to be complicated. Just yeah, yeah. don't reinvent the don't necessarily need to reinvent the wheel. We carry a little um when, when we go to inspections of bath people, we carry a little um, laser measure, those little oh, yeah. wash things. And so yep. we're going through a property and we'll we'll just quickly record the the size of a room down. Right, and we'll come back and draw it later. There's a great website actually, um, floorplanner.com. It's a oh, yeah. free Ooh, website. Yeah, you can go on there and design your floor plans um, for free. You sign up, it's, I don't know, it's like a Swiss company. It's pretty cool. You can actually 3D as well, 3D and you oh, can wow. put furniture in and do walkthroughs and Turbo stuff as well. Gad. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's is it tur- Turbo CAD or is this a let's just... mm, floorplanner.com? I can't see what you're saying. Oh, floor but... planner. Okay, not floor yeah, planner. Floor plan. Yeah, yeah floorplanner.com. Yeah, wow. That's, That's it. That's so the one. Cool. Yep. You just create a free account. You can only do sort of one, like one um, drawing if you like, but you can add multiple levels. And so I just, I've just got one 
a freak. Yeah, and I just keep adding the levels. <laughs> yeah, but so all you do is you drop that little laser level in between here, and you're like, yep, that's two point five, and then you drop it that way, and it's like, oh, that's three point two. Great, that's mm. the bedroom. And then yeah. here's the hallway. That's you know five hundred, <laughs> seven hundred, and then boom, 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 and then all of a sudden you've you've yeah, solid. I like it. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good little tool to use. Um, most agents in Toowoomba advertise with floor plans these days. So you've got at least you've got a sort of a somewhat of an idea. If they haven't quite got things quite right, well, you've gone and you've taken the measurements, and then you can. How often and- do you how often do you find that they're wrong? Like the floor plan uh, Often wrong with, with dimensions, but that's why they put all the little disclosures on there. They always, all the guys that do those floor plans just round up to the nearest you know, point one, which oh, yeah. can can make and break sometimes. Like mm. the, the, the good example is the, one of the projects we're doing at the moment in Rockville. The bathroom, it said it was um, 1.8 metres and it's actually, it's 1.77. Yeah. So it's a really narrow bathroom. Um, mm. And so, you know, that's, you know, we're, we're not talking a huge we're talking, amount, but... We're talking this much. Doesn't make a difference. Yeah, well, oh, no, three, yeah, about that. yeah you're, talking, you're talking three centimetres, right? But three centimetres... Oh, three centimetres. Not 30. Yeah, yeah. All right. You know, three centimetres, we're talking 1.77 metres versus 1.8. Yeah, of course, yeah. We're talking yeah. 30 mil. But you think 30 mil means, okay, we, well, we can't use a prefab 600-wide vanity now. We have to get a custom vanity built because we don't have that 600 wide space anymore for the vanity. So mm. are we going to have to outlay more money for the cabinet makers? So little things like that to think about. Wow. But that's, <laughs> I mean, this is where experience comes in, right? Like yeah. there's no way you can walk in as a first investor to say, oh, well, this is 1.7, but oh, it's actually, I've just done the measurement. It's 1.77, not 1.8. Um, yeah. Love it. Okay, mate, these tips have been solid so far. I'm loving them. Um, renovating wet areas and kitchens. Um, always replace plumbing and electrical. Don't be a tight ass. It's a few hundred extra dollars. Just do it. <laughs> Often we see people who like try and save money. By the time you gut the kitchen and you you sort of, you know, you're stripping out all the plumbing, you get to where the plumbing might run in the wall cupboard and you go, oh, I'll just leave those there. I'll leave those same taps there. Taps might be 25 years old, 30 years old, doesn't matter. Just for an extra few hundred bucks, replace them so you know that you've got new pipe work behind your wall or in your wall cavity, and it's not going to give you grief down the track. Again, this is that long term investor mindset. Um, if you're going to be holding on yeah. to the property, the last thing you want to be dealing with in a couple of years' time is water leaks in your wall cavity and have to rip shit out. Yeah. And, and it's 30 years that you're going to own this sucker for. Like mm, it is, yeah. It, well, if you're, if you're doing a long-term buy and hold, 30 years is a very long time. So those things are going to bust. It's the same as doing the air vent, you know, connecting that $150 duct air vent to the thing. Yeah, do it. Because it in five years' time, 10 years' time, you're going to have water issues and you're going to spend $2,000 for mold issues. Yeah, you're going to be the one it. paying for that. Because you're in a good location, because you decided to buy well. Um, what you've short-term, yeah, you've, you've short-term pain for long-term gain, rather than short-term yeah. gain for long-term pain. Hmm. Yeah, exactly right. There um, you go. When choosing material, select in stock and get get delivered. So rather than you get free delivery, is that what you? Oh uh, no, no, just utilize delivery to site. So again, right, it comes back to if you're renovating, if you've got a vacant property, it's costing you holding, like holding costs, it's costing you money. And so 
for us, we focus on keeping the trades on site as, as often as we can and utilising delivery services. So Bunnings, Mitre 10, whoever that is who can deliver a product to site, that means we're saving the tradies time by not having to go out and pick that product up. Um. If it comes, comes straight to site, it's there. Early on, we used to got go and collect it for them. We'd go and pick the pick the things up. And occasionally I still do with our tiles because like the tiling guys, they only run twice a week. So if it's not going to work, well, I'll just go and pick the tiles up and drop them to site for the guys. But yep. if you think you're going to pay a tradie, you know, it could be two or three hours out of his day. You've paid him to go and pick up tiles when, um, you know, the courier might charge you 50 $60, $70. They're en route to do a big delivery anyway. Just pay, pay the pay the, uh, pay the delivery fee and just get them delivered to site. It'll it, it, Ultimately, it'll end up saving you, you know, at least, at least three days, I reckon, if you don't have your trades having to run around. And it goes to the next point, which is about getting a skip, a skip bin organised. So if you're doing a pretty substantial... Renault ripping out kitchens and bathrooms, get a skip bin organized. Uh, okay. In our- one of the things, one of the biggest mistakes I got was um, bring getting a skip bin and getting the smallest skip bin humanly possible. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, that was my go to. That was it. It was like, oh, well, I can pay, I forget what the numbers were, but I could pay $100 for this one or $300 for this one. Well, I'm going to get the small one and a small skip bin does not fit anything. <laughs> you mm. cannot, um, but, uh, okay. So that's what you're kind of talking about there. Get, yeah, get yeah. the largest. Is that your, is that your advice as well? Get the biggest one you can. Oh uh, yeah. Get a reasonable size one, at least six cube. Usually by the time we're about kitchens and bathrooms, you want at least a six cube bin. The trades will put other stuff in there, the tile waste, all that sort of stuff. Um, again, we've got trade accounts here, so we don't, um, or, you know, we don't pay for, um the skip in for a week we just get it for as long as we need it so we usually just keep the skip in there for the entire project so that way they don't have to take any waste away it's just they can just utilize that bin fill it to the brim and when the job's done we take the skip in away get the laundry trough stolen hopefully not mm. yeah you wouldn't put those in the skip in anyway because they're probably too heavy mm. I'll yeah <laughs> my yeah, next boy's from my favorite one someone uh, neighbors <laughs> adding stuff to the skip bin is more of the issue <laughs> oh, I tell you, it's not it's not neighbours. It's the, the bloody trades themselves. They'll, they'll remember that there's a skip in <laughs> at that job. Like, oh, we'll just go and drop yeah. it. Drop they it got in a there. toilet in there. This is a one-bathroom place. How do we have three toilets in this yeah. bloody yeah, skip yeah. in? <laughs> there's been yeah. this bloody plumber. <laughs> okay, well, no, let's, mostly, let's have a bit of a tear. Let's have a bit of a tear. Yeah, of course. No. Um, let's have a bit of a tear through some of these because we are getting um, – kind of close on on to time and and there's been a number of solid questions as well that i'd love to get to so um yeah, let's have a bit of a rip through these what's bunnings yeah. is not, bunnings is the, not answer the answer to all your problems <laughs> yeah 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 utilize local trade stores specifically like plumbing and electrical fixtures the main reason for that is like warranty repairs and re- replacement i don't know about everyone else but bunnings is a shit show to deal with um hmm. when you're trying to claim a warranty on something and where we can, it's just far better to go to a, a trade specialty store for, for that. And usually as well at the plumbing places, they provide, a, I think, a better product. Um, yeah, better than clips or, you know, stock standard template plug-in <coughs> bloody PowerPoints and things. Mm-hmm. Uh, solid. Okay. Bathroom over yeah. shower is often cheaper than a walk-in shower. Yeah. Okay. 
know your audience. Now, one of the things is that I hear a lot is um, about tenancies with kids that, that a walk in a shower over the top of the bath is a little bit difficult for kids. Now I don't have kids. Um, mm. But do you, how do you think about that? Uh, I, I would probably think a little bit differently. Our audience, our audiences seem to react pretty positively to showers over bath. Um, yep. So we do it often. It's cost effective, as I said there. Um, but you got to know your audience. If you've got a, an older demographic in a suburb, well, that's that's where we have issues. Mm. We might move away from that and do a walk-in shower only, as opposed to putting a bath in, particularly when it's a smaller bathroom at all. We'll just no bath. But the reason it's cheaper is, you know, you, the bath's 150 bucks. You pay for a bit of framing, but you sort of save money on tiling, um, the glass, yeah. wet costs, all that sort of stuff's cheaper. So. Um, and then just invest in quality, high-use, high-traffic items, like things like tapware, blinds, floor coverings, things that are going to get a lot of use. I think you need to invest in Solid. reasonable quality fittings there. Oh, absolutely. Like I see so many people doing the cheapest uh, floor covering, um, like laminate from Bunnings. <coughs> mm. I, I was doing a couple of renovations um, and you step on some of the cheap stuff and there's a scuff. And this is, and then you think, well, that's got to be there for ten years. It's going to get absolutely torn up. So definitely, do not go the cheapest. Don't ever go the mm. cheapest at all. Um, I've skipped ahead on a couple of the slides, and I'm mindful of the time for everyone too. But I thought I'd look at justifying the renovation quickly and what what we yeah. determine whether or not it's going to stack up. That's a that's um, a juicy one. We really should dedicate should dedicate more. Yeah, time we should we should add that at the top. <laughs> I'm hoping to do a second one later on. But look, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. our internal formula how we justify renovation. Um, there's four things that we're looking at. Well, what's the client's objective? We said we think it's really important to know that. Um, what's the objective of the renovation and who's the target audience? Um, I think that's a separate question to what the client's objective is. So, what's the purpose of the renovation that you're trying to achieve out of the renovation? Yeah, and then it's just support. because somebody's objective is I want to make a hundred k from this reno, <laughs> like mm. you might not be able to do that from that property. So if that's yeah. a yeah, like if you're trying to do a reno in a in a thing that's already kind of a nicely, fairly nice property, you're not going to make a hundred k from that reno. Exactly. Um, and then yeah, so uh, will the renovation provide the client with a cash on cash return of at least ten percent? So we're talking about rental yields there. I'll go to the next slide in a minute, giving an example. And then is there a net equity uplift potential of at least 50% of the reno spend? So that spending a dollar, making a buck 50, that's the minimum that we're sort of looking for. Um, so I did an example here just to sort of show people in that there. Um, in that particular scenario, you can see investment property for 450, the rent appraised before the reno is 420. If we can do a reno for 45K, um, that's all in cost, so I've factored in um, holding costs in that as well. The valuation after the reno is 530 and the new rental value is 530 a week. Well, the cash on cash return is that difference in the old rent versus the new. It's $110 a week over 52 wow. weeks. It's a 12.71% cash on cash return. That's good. Yeah. And the net equity uplift value is the difference between the equity uplift on the reno spend. So you've got 35K in. in um, equity that you've generated through the reno, you've spent 45, your reno spends about 78% or 78 cents on profit, net profit, sorry, for every dollar that you've spent. So it's like a dollar 78 return. Does that make sense? 
So how much equity, so how much did you spend and how much growth did you get out of it? 45K, Joe. So you spent 45K and you had a net uplift of 35K. So the value went from, you went from being all in at 495,000 to having a new valuation of 530. Yeah. Okay. Because we're looking at the net equity, the potential usable equity in that property. But yeah. But was that from how did you get that value? Like, uh, was it from a um, like a valuer or just kind of estimates and things? Uh, oh, in this in this particular, this is just an example, a dummy example. Often, what we do is we encourage our guys to go back and get a, an actual bank valuation. Yeah, those are uh, those yeah. bank bank valuations are often uh, they can yeah, depending on what type. If it's a AVM <coughs> or auto, automated valuation, they can really go in your favor. On a yeah. Bank. Yeah. Uh, also, one thing to factor in for a lot of lot of new investors and people that are just buying a property and renovating it is um, the if you just bought the property and you're renovating it straight away, when you do the revaluation, it may come back at pretty much what you paid for it because it's only mm. been such a short amount of time, and the valuer can only look at the most recent sale for this property. Um, so you may have to wait three to six months until you get some growth uplift from that. So I see, I, I do see that sometimes where people are, you know, spend $20,000 and expect $80,000 uplift, mm-hmm. but it, it, it'll take, it's just going to take a little bit of time to, to get that. And, and probably yeah. the other, the other thing to factor in as well is, is, um, is if you've done a renovation, like doing a desktop, which is where somebody physically doesn't go out to a property, you, you may not sort of, because then they can't necessarily look at what you've, what you've done to the property. So in that situation, speak to your broker or whoever it is and, and make sh- and ask them to do get, get a value to go out to the property because then they'll say, Oh, look, actually they don't know what, what work you've done to the property. They'll just see it as is. So they won't know what it looked like three months ago, what it was. They'll then say, mm-hmm. Oh, that, there's a property around the corner that's similar to this one. The other one around the corner sold for five, five forty five or whatever it was or five thirty. And, and they'll be like, oh, that's a similar property. I can I can confidently put that number on this valuation. Whereas, if if you just have if you spent twenty k and there's yeah, they may not uh, they may not know that you've done. They'll just sort of the, the algorithm will do it anyway. So mm. there's a bit of a maybe a bit of a hack. Mm. If that makes sense. Yep, Computers solid. don't really know what that you spent money on renovating. Mm. Um, so yet. this is a a couple of past projects that I um, thought I'd share. I don't know how much more time you you want to do. Want to yeah, no, crack on, crack on. Some quick figures. You got real numbers. Yeah, so that uh, so the first one left to right, the North Toowoomba property. That was one that we finished earlier this year. Um, you can see those owners paid two fifty nine back in twenty thirteen. So they held it for a long time, and they actually right. lived in the property and moved out. They'd started doing some work, um, but just didn't really get. Too, too far in. So it was pretty original character house when they bought it, Timber House. Um, they'd done stumping, roofing, and a bathroom before they engaged us. Uh, we we estimated the market value, so the sale pre, pre-reno, about 380K in that area. And we sort of said, well, in its current condition, the rental value is probably 360 a week. So um, that particular property, we spent 87,000 on uh, for that client. Twenty percent, roughly. It's pretty like this is one of our bigger projects, and again, like some people might look at that and think it's a small number. For us, this was one of our bigger projects. Um, for big. that, we we did kitchen, um, we did 
internal, external repaint. Um, upgraded the rest of the plumbing, obviously not the bathroom that was done. Uh, all the electrical works were upgraded. And this is the property that we did externally, did all the yard work as well. So landscaping. Um, we did a couple of other things as well that weren't perhaps as essential from a rental point of view, but we improved the street presence by sort of bringing back some of the character of this house. That was a big chunk of this cost. So the sort of front facade had been modernized in years gone by where it sort of didn't look like a character house anymore and because of where it is north to Wombo, a bit of a trendy pocket we we made it look like a character house again um, there was i think it was like an 18 19 000 just tidying up you know the front of the house and the side landing as well so there's a little bit in that um we said the new estimated market value at the time was 540k i think these guys got a valuation i should have asked them before this but I actually think they got a valuation of one at like 590 because next door, which is comparable, but had the second bathroom sold for like high sixes. Oh, so I was yeah. just looking at the, um, so this is a suburb of North Toowoomba or in like in the, in, in the Northern suburbs of North Toowoomba regional. Yeah, no, in the, in the suburb of North Toowoomba. Jeez. Um, cause that's, um, the, yeah, I was looking up the median is, I mean, medians are, aren't sort of indication of what the price is, but yeah, that's, that's a great valuation then. Yeah, and look, to be transparent, this look, I'll tell you, it's a, the property address is 127B Stewart Street. If you have a look, Stewart Street's a dividing, the dividing street for uh, for North Toowoomba, which is where this house is. Across the road is Mount Lofty, which is ah, a more yeah, affluent yeah, yeah. suburb. So it's like yeah. right on that border, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty close to Queen's Park. You boys know what that is. Yeah. So that one there, we've got it leased now at 525 so um, a week, which is good rent. That net equity uplift based on our conservative numbers was 73K and that cash on cash return at 9.86%. So we're pretty close to our 10% return that we chase in that scenario. Um, yeah, it's yeah, unreal. That Rockville property, that was another one um, that we did. 211k purchase back in 2018. Um, you can see there that 62.5k spent on the red eye. Um, it's currently leased at 450 a week till January. It's actually it's actually for rent if anyone's watching this and wants to rent that property. <laughs> um, tenants are breaking their lease. Um, but the net equity uplift based on and again, right? This is the owners paid 211 for it way back when, um, and actually they sold it in April for 435. So they did very well out of this um net equity uplift post up uh, before the reno at 62 and a half cars actually was a lot more than like a real uh, just a, what's that what yeah what type of property was it yeah 1960s sort of chamferboard house three bed special it was a real ugly duckling yeah. to be honest with you yeah um and then that mount lofty one this is a good one to look at the the motivation of that client was more around flipping short-term hold as an investment but you'll notice down the very bottom if you just go straight to the numbers the cash on cash return wasn't that great six and a half percent but you can see they they bought it in 2021 and sold it just in july so had it for what's that two years how much do you think of that was like the growth of the area rather than I'm the renovation they did I have no doubt that some of that was growth related. 
but the owner, like this is one of those properties they bought. We didn't, we weren't involved in the purchase. They're just like, hey, we've bought this and we think this will be a great renovator. We yeah. just spent a pretty small amount, as you can see, like 68K. Yeah. We didn't even do a kitchen in this one. It was just a bathroom, internal, external repaint, floor coverings, window coverings, just a few things to fluff it up. Um, a yeah. big chunk of that cost, actually, we had to get a, um, all the old PVC bloody um, or porcelain pipes underground. They cracked and shattered, and there was like, I think it was like eight and a half oh. grand to replace that line. So there was a bit of a, a cost in that that we incurred. That's a hard call anyway, to make. Yeah, there was 102K of net equity in there. And again, it was always a short-term hold strategy for that owner. They were prepared to ride the market. Definitely some growth in there. But um, I sold this place. We took it to market at offers over 619, I think, or 629. Wow. Oh, geez. And, like, and you got yeah. to 670. And, <laughs> yeah, we had multiple. Everyone told me I was dreaming at six uh, over six nineteen. They're like, "It's not there. It's not there." And mm. then these people came in and it vowed to it vowed at six seventy. Thank goodness. Well, yeah, there, 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 there would there would have been there would have been comps that would have stacked. So yeah, there's a yeah, there's yeah. only particularly a rising man. Yeah, it's an occupied house, so that one now. So yeah, um, there you go. Yeah, got some before and after pics. Is this there from? Is that the first one? Is that is that Stewart Street in um, in North Toowoomba? Uh, no, that's so the top photo there is um, the top photos is the one in Mount Lofty. Yep. So just a really small bathroom. Mount Lofty is a bit more affluent and an older demographic, and so you can see we. Oh, so you even bathroom. moved? You moved it completely? Like you moved yeah, the, got the, got the, the bath as well. And, yeah, deleted the bath and moved everything over to the one wall to make <laughs> the space feel bigger. <laughs> I like that. It's like yeah, yeah. control. It's like yeah, control alt delete. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. You'll see too that we changed the window in that bathroom as well. We yeah, that was an ugly window. Kinda... Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. We well we had to because you can see in the old photo there that the shower sort of head where it is, all the water like yeah. someone's sitting in there, it was just spraying on the windowsill and it rotted out the windowsill. Ah. So we, we deliberately put a smaller window in and because we painted the brick, it didn't matter what brick we used to, to brick up the external side there. Um, mm. And we ended up just painting the brick and it all sort of tied in nicely. It does feel like that, a much larger space. Yeah. That bathroom for transparency, like cost-wise, that was about $11,000 bathroom. Jesus. Yeah. 11000 so Yeah. Um, the one below, that's that house in Rockville. Look at that beautiful green mm. uh, bathroom. Shower curtains. And then, yeah. Yeah, that was horrendous. You love changing a layout here. This is completely different. I cannot believe that that was $11,000 to shift the toilet, the shift the vanity. And then how much was this before and after of the green one? Oh, this one uh, was about seven and a half, this bathroom. And you moved Jeez. the bath, you kept the taps where they are. Yeah. So, so notice, it's a bit hard house. to tell, but um, again, so both these houses, both on brick pillar stumps, both with good access underneath, like the crawl space underneath was really good. Yep. And so really when you look at, um, so I look at the bottom one, the one in Rockville, for example, well, all we did is we moved the shower tap, you know, 90 degrees and put it on the left-hand wall. 
Yeah. And then the vanity, well, once the bathroom got gutted, because we just got it, it's very easy to just extend your copper pipes around the wall and mm. put the vanity where it ended up. Mm. And then same thing with the waste drain. The waste drain's pretty easy to move when you've got a good crawl space under there. You can yeah. just move it, move, move it easily over. There was no toilet in this bathroom though. Um, notice that there's no toilet in there. So that what's the, that what's that wooden was, thing on the left? It's a washing basket. Laundry hamper. Oh. Yeah. Laundry yeah, yeah, hamper yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, there's another couple there. Oh, gee, that wooden, wooden timber, timber kitchen sort of stuff. They used to be common. I think that was common in the 60s and 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. Not that so I So that kitchen, believe it or not, the, the after is just that kitchen repainted and slightly reconfigured. Surely you did the bench. Yeah, that's though, what I was going to say. Yeah. It looks, yeah. it looks. Yeah, we've got new insane. bench tops. Ah, new yeah. bench tops and new splashback tiling. We did put a new sink in there and obviously upgraded the appliances. Was that car uh, was that carpet in the kitchen? Uh no, no, it was just vinyl. Uh, oh, like an old school God, it looks like sheet vinyl. There was a rug in there, I think, in that before yeah, photo. Yeah. But see how it had two ovens too in the in the before photo? Yeah. yeah. One that worked and one that kind of worked. Yeah, I think one was the cooktop and it didn't <laughs> have the working oven, and they put in the other oven. Yeah. Anyway, we deleted that oven tower, um, moved the pantry over, which is what you can see in the after photo, because we actually, this was one of those properties where it was originally a four bed, uh, two bath, and we converted it back to a three bed, two bath and gave a second living space. And we actually did an open plan design. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so that one there worked out really good. That reno spend on that was about thirty eight thousand. It was that was a couple of years ago. That one, and that place there, they paid three sixty for it. Um, I think they paid three sixty for it. Thirty eight k spend, and it's rented for four seventy. Yeah, and then that downstairs one. Uh, sorry, the, the, the lower image there, the before and after. Well, that was another project. That was literally just putting floor coverings in a repaint in. Like, what a difference. Yeah, you can see, you can see that. Yeah, look look at it. It's really sort of, yeah, just the carpet and the and the painting as well. It's amazing mm. what that does. Here we go. Yeah. It's our last, uh, last slide. So this, is, this is the last one, exactly right. Yeah, so that before and after, you can see in that instance, we kept kept the bathroom the same layout, the same configuration. Um, this is because the crawl space was a lot um, a lot tighter underneath the house, so we didn't want to make it too bad for the plumbers. 40 mil. Uh, yeah, yeah, something tight. But all we did is just upgrade what was there. Um, so we, we, we did gut the bathroom, but everything sort of stayed in its place. That was the best layout for that bathroom. Um, and then again, the same thing in that bottom image before and after. That's just paint and floor coverings. We did end up putting window coverings in that place too, but they're not in there in that photo. How much did it cost to do the, the basics down there on the, that last one? Uh, the, the bathroom one, that was that was a $6,500 bathroom. Um, and then the that house beneath there, we did floor coverings, repaint electrical upgrades and window coverings for about 15,000 or 16,000 might have been. That was yeah. a couple of years ago as well. And electrical would have been a big part of that, like five, six K. Uh, no, no. All we're doing is upgrading the light fittings. In there. Oh, okay. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So right. we didn't have to do move meter boxes or do anything like that. It already had updated circuits on it. So it wasn't a huge Perfect. expense. Yeah. Well, one, one thing to note is I guess 
for people that are chatting to other people about um, doing these renovations, these numbers that you're talking about, Luca, are unreal. Like to mm. get a bathroom renovation for for ten grand, uh, yeah, unheard of. Unheard yeah, and again, of. this is our local market, right? So that's what I mean. Like you, you really got to work out the area that you're going to invest in or buying in, and, and suss out what those prices look like because they they probably look the same. The big saving in, in all of this too, remember, is we have trade accounts, um, and so when we when we organise the product for the for the client, we don't add a margin to any of that. So it's probably a, another thing just to think about. Yeah. Traders will often add a margin to the product. We don't add the margin. Um, we, that's how we sort of keep the cost down low for them, and it encourages them to go again. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they can use you again. Um, but but that's a massive value add to to the people that work with you, right? Because mm. they just aren't. They're going to spend. I don't know, 23,000 like that person was speaking before. But we've got some solid questions coming through. I'd love to get actually your advice on this one. What makes people remove carpets, polished timber floors? Is this a cost reason or a trend? Uh, so um, a lot of what you saw there is not polished floors. It's a vinyl plank. So so we don't polish the floors. We do get rid of the carpet a lot of the time because carpet usually wears pretty like, like it wears a lot quicker. Um, and we often recommend vinyl plank because it's it's glued down individual planks of vinyl. Don't don't um, mistake these for the like that shit you see at Bunnings, which is like a laminated MDF product. That's crap. If you spill a cup of water on it, they swell and they look shit ass. An actual vinyl plank from a floor place, they'll they'll be able to handle that water, you know, spillage on them pretty well. Um, and we we describe them as rent friendly. And so if you happen to accidentally damage uh, one of the panels, rather than ripping up all the lino if it's sheet vinyl, you just replace, you know, the vinyl plank that's damaged. And the flooring guys can do that. They can come in and, and replace one plank. This 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 is where another question comes in. Um, question I have, the tiles and the way to lie vinyl planks, do you just lay or glue them? How hard is the process of putting it all together? Didn't you try and do that, Joe, at one stage? Or did you do something similar? Oh, with you, I don't know. I've done it. Yeah, I've done it. I did it in my car- camper vans. I did it in my camper vans. I thought you did it for a job or something plane. one time. You did it for a day, and then you oh no, my, no, time. my first, no, my first job was laying carpets. So I, I did the oh. whole carpet laying, and then I was like, yeah. wow, this is really. I don't like this. I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, and and moved into property. <laughs> no, we recommend pulling up the the tile before you lay the vinyl plank down. Because the vinyl plank needs to go down, they put a they put a like a masonite sheet down usually first before they they lay it down. Um, in, in what we did, because again, I remember a lot of the homes in my area have like a timber floor, but they if there's tiles down in the area because there's plenty of houses that have tiles over the timber floors, we don't recommend putting the vinyl plank down on top. So I put a masonite sheet down or something, and then glue the vinyl plank to that. And it gets like mm. an echoey sound when you're walking on it. You can sort of just hear little ah. pockets of air under there. And it, it sounds shit out, and I think it looks a bit crap too. Yeah, and also then your your boards, your um, skirting boards. You, mm. yeah, 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 you do end up a little bit higher. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that's a, that's a very good tip. What else we got? We got a single, uh, are single-story houses best to renovate or double-story is just as good? comes down to knowing your market, I think. Um, mm. 
like I said, if 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 the market loves double story houses and there's appeal for them, then maybe they are better. Again, in in what I think they're doing, harder. They've got to be harder generally, though, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, definitely harder to do. Like I said, remember, if you've got a kitchen and beneath that you've got a bedroom and you want to reconfigure that whole kitchen, well, it's likely you're going to have to pull the ceiling down, right, to be able to access the plumbing under there. So that's another cost mm. that you wouldn't get if it was just a single-story dwelling. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. This is an inching one. I think maybe, Joe, you need to do this for any future. But <laughs> what, 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 what does installing cameras do, though, anyway? Because, like, it's not like, what, do you know the people that stole your stuff? What are you going to – I mean, I don't know. Like, what, what is – is it just deter people or – yeah. Mm. Oh, look, so just to, just to clarify a couple of things, um, we're not the building company, right? We just talk yeah. – we sort of play in the reno with the investor. We talk about that stuff and then we engage all the trades independently. Yeah. So they're all licensed yeah. people. It's up to them if they want to protect their tools and want to leave them behind. We know that most of the guys mm. take it with them when they leave. They pack up and take it when they leave. Sometimes they might leave things like drop saws and those sorts of things there, mm. but um, that risk is on them. They sort of accept that risk. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. And then it's you're not liable whatsoever. Where mm. I got in trouble was where I bought all the material and then dropped it there. But one thing to think about is if you have blinds or don't have blinds. If you have blinds, mm. people won't know it's a renovation site. If there's a, a, a you know, a, a skip out the front, there's no blinds on the windows. People can walk, look straight in. Oh, no one's in here. Oh, look at all that free stuff. Great. Mm. It, it'll it'll go. It'll go. That's a great well. point, actually. Often we leave the blinds up until we're ready to actually replace them. That's a good point. And then we just try and make a habit of leaving a light on in the house and changing it yeah. up too. You know, yeah. not just leaving the same light on all the time. So it just looks yeah. like there's someone there. I mean, sometimes it's not possible if it's only got a carport. Like they'll know, but. I said it's a, yeah, it's a gutted have. house. It's not usually much good stuff to steal in the first couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's an interesting one. Do you ask tradies what qualifications they have? I mean, I'd just probably want to understand the license for probably a start, but do you, mm. uh, do you ask them about? Definitely. Again, and because of what we do, right, because we're a property management business first and foremost, anyone that does work for us has to provide us with copies of their licenses, registrations, insurances, et cetera. So we know if they're they've got the correct qualifications and we always ask them for their updated insurances as well. So, um, yeah, we definitely check that um, and make sure that you get copies of all the documents too when they do works. I don't know, I can only speak to my local market, but when they do works here, someone messaged me privately, didn't lead up to this. Uh, I don't know if he was trying to work out if we are doing the wrong thing or not. It sort of felt a bit passive, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, he uh, he was saying, you know, do you get all the permits? And we don't necessarily require council approvals for a lot of the work we do because we're just re remodeling internal footprints. But we do have to um, often submit what they call form fours, um, notifiable works that the tradies lodge all that stuff. But we always um, request copies of those documents. So if ever there's an issue, we've got we've got copies of them. Um, waterproofing is, I think, a Form 16. So when the guys to the bathroom, we want to get that Form 16. If ever there's an insurance issue down the track, we want to make sure we've got all the documentation. Yeah, I know. I've been learning more about these waterproof. I've seen it pop up in a lot of groups. So it's, I've just, I'm like, oh, there you get. Well, kind of like it's either been done or it hasn't been done. If it's, if the bathrooms, but yeah, when where the renovations have been done recently, yeah, 
makes sense to yeah. kind of ask for if you're buying yeah. something. It protects the owner too, like on the resale side of things as well. If there's like during the sale process, sometimes people ask those questions. Oh, is this was this approved? That's paperwork, and we go, yeah, here it is. Here it all is. Here. Yeah, everything's been yeah. done. Um, this is an interesting one, asbestos. I don't know. Like, I feel a little. I feel a little sort of when when we talk about this. Because some people say, "Oh, it's okay." Do like, oh, mm. I don't know. I just. Yeah, so we have, yeah, look, heaps of houses we deal with contain asbestos in some capacity. Um, ceilings most commonly, but all through Australia. Walls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, that that green bathroom that you saw a couple back that was an asbestos bathroom when it got taken out. Um, we, we've got a guy that does asbestos removal. So that's he's an independent contractor. That's all he does It's just asbestos removal. And so um, if we think that there's a, an issue where the house might contain asbestos, we call him in and he's good. He'll just tell us, yep, that's asbestos, you know, or no, it's not. How, how much does uh, – one of the things is on one of my first renos, I, um, I didn't knock down this building because I assumed it was asbestos. Turns out there's only a small portion of it that's asbestos, and mm. I should have knocked it down because I would have added a lot more value, but I just didn't end up doing it in, in the end. Mm. How much is asbestos? Like, how should we think about it? Is it the end of the world if we find asbestos, and what's the cost to remove it? Oh, I don't like ask, answering that question. Eh? It's like, is how it long the end is a piece of string? string? Yeah, right. that's the you know, sort of we and our trade network comfortable to work with it? Yeah, they are. Yeah. We, we have that licensed asbestos removal guy. He'll come in and do it. Yep. The, the cost, so how much was it to remove the bathroom, for instance? Uh, an average bathroom is about three, three and a half thousand to dump the asbestos. Um, wow. So it's, 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 you know, I'd say reasonable, you know, in the scheme of things. We don't, usually when they do it, um, they'll only do the walls. And if there's any asbestos material in the floor, they might do the floor as well. We don't usually rip out the ceilings if they're asbestos because often the holes, if, if a house got an asbestos ceiling, the whole ceiling's asbestos um, in our area, so we just don't touch them. But then like our electrician, for example, if he's going to put in light fittings, he's comfortable to work with asbestos because he's got, I don't know, special drills or something like that where it sort of collects all the dust and does something with water and crap like that. Like he's comfortable to do it. So, yeah, it, it just depends. You've got to have the right people around you but anytime that's yeah. happening we make sure that no other trades don't you know they're not on site either yeah good comment here is if it isn't broke don't fix it if you don't disturb it it should be fine mm. um i actually went into an entirely burnt out house um in in south australia when i was doing a little boots on the ground adventure and the whole place was absolutely ripped by this fire there was a drug it was like a drug house that got on fire and um but the walls in this in the the laundry where and the bathroom where there was all the asbestos were absolutely fine like the stuff lasted forever and was not affected by the fire at all like this stuff is very hard wearing where the issue comes is when you start to break it up and it becomes fibrous and it goes into the air um so just don't go smashing holes in it and you, no, you'll be dad, all right my dad's having a whinge he's apparently watching the stream and I haven't mentioned his Mackay journey once. Oh. <laughs> How about your favorite? Oh, who's, your favorite who's your favorite sibling, by the way? And that was a good oh, yeah. let's, not, let's not. We won't get into that. Who's your but, favorite um, sibling? <laughs> What's the Mackay journey? I feel like there's something there. Uh, that, that was probably the thing that got me interested. My old man, uh, uh, just a quick one because I'm on for Jeff's here. 
but the quick the quick version of it is that um that probably what got me into being interested in Renault. my old man bought a character house and it was our family home so it was an absolute labor of love but it was like a two-bedroom shitbox queenslander um, this is going back in the early 2000s that's probably not how he sold maybe. it to the missus no no it was, <laughs> he sold the vision he sold the vision <laughs> And um, it, look, they made it something amazing in the end. It, it became a six-bedroom, two-bathroom Queenslander with a pool and the shed and stuff. Oh, yeah. It'll be coming on the market soon if anyone wants to buy an investment property in Mackay. Yeah. So it's just a, an absolute labour of love for him. <laughs> right. Good story. <laughs> okay. Just- this, this one's an issue, one. So for all this stuff you've done, I, I think I know the answer. I think we asked this. Um, is there a management fee for the Renaults? And what, what what's the sort of, what's the typically look like? Well, yeah, how can people learn more? Because, uh, well, the thing is for me, like this this story that you've been telling me is I, I do renovations throughout all of Australia and I've never found a renovation. I've never seen a bathroom for $8,000. Like mm. it's because of your connections, because of your trade access, because of all of that. Um that I think you're able to get these kind of amazing prices and people love working with you because you provide those trades consistent workflow and they're like, well, I'm going to use Luke because he's the best at what he does and he pays me well and he, he like he pays me consistently and it all it all works well. But um, yeah, how, how does it kind of work? Because from a management fee for renovations, how should we think about this as, a, as an investor? Yeah, so we, we do charge for the service, right? So if we're going to go about coordinating of course. it, um, we, we charge a fee. Oh, um, the other thing I didn't mention, we do have a, um, like an interior designer that we work with as well who goes oh, out yeah. and picks all the materials and, and those sorts of, th- like, you know, tile selection and tapware and that sort of shit. I don't get caught up in that. It doesn't interest me. But um, we, we we charge a fee. We pay her her fee. So she invoices us and we pay her her fee. Um, but we, we charge a fee. It's depending on the size. Look, I know I'm going to say it, and then people are going to be like, "You're charging too little." Um, it's it's under four grand to do a big job. I think the reason we keep the fee relatively competitive is a couple of things. Remember, my my primary business is property management, and so naturally we want we want the properties to manage. That's the first thing. Um, we like to see people do well out of it, so we don't want to you know strip all the potential profit out of it. And ideally, we'd like to encourage them to go again. Now, when I say encourage them, we're never forcing anyone to do anything. But if yeah. they sort of get a taste of success with it and they're inclined to, oh, hey, this worked out really well, um, it doesn't even have to be in Toowoomba. We don't care. Our, our vision as a company is we want to see everyday people become wildly successful property investors. I love hearing people's journeys through investment and helping them get there. Bigger picture for a moment, if I can do a quick little plug to my business is I don't want to just stop in Toowoomba. Um, oh, eventually. Where to I'd next? Like to have... Oh, I, I, I feel like I'd... No, I won't leave Queensland. You can't operate anywhere else when you've got a real estate licence. It's all state-specific. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, annoying. yeah. I, um, I've always Mutual liked that Ipswich you'll market. Be fine. Ipswich market's always been interesting in and around that area, mainly because of the renovation potential. A lot of older properties there. Um that Bundy market would have been fun, but I don't know if that's, you know, might have missed the market gone, on that. Gone too much. Yeah. And um, I, f- I feel like Gimpy's potentially got some potential, eh? Gimpy? Like, yeah. Like, 
as a, again from my business model right as an investor is it the best place well i'll leave that to the experts like yourselves as buyers agents but um for people who are looking at around there you know north of the sunshine coast it's in a more affordable market there seems to be a lot of older properties there that could do with some improvement potentially somewhere in that region there could be an opportunity there interesting okay Oh, yeah, that's solid, so, solid advice. Um, well, I mean, the ROI is there clearly because you, you're able to kind of strategically uh, plan it. Um, but it does seem like like you may be getting beaten on price. We've got someone here that does. Uh, I've <laughs> I've done a bathroom for one that. and a half grand. You don't need <laughs> to spend seven. Is that your this dad? That's probably yeah. This no, is no. probably your dad. So <laughs> Again, she does. You think you're good, work. Luke? You need yeah. to go to Mr. Mr. Old Luke. He's, yeah. <laughs> you no. haven't factored in inflation, mate. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Okay. So um, where do people go? How do we how do we learn more about you? How do we get in contact? Um, this has been an unreal, unreal session. Oh, there it is I'd, there. Yeah, I was gonna say I'd, I'd love to sit there and say follow us on our socials. The truth is we're just not active on there. Um, I'm too busy with this Renault stuff, to see on the street. We should post a lot of before and afters. We used to do video content, but it was a hard thing. It's, it's expensive to produce. And quite frankly, we don't need to necessarily market this service anymore. We have enough traction. We've got another eight properties in the pipeline. We're sort of committed at this stage until probably February next year um, on Renault projects. So if anyone wants to buy probably next year, come and talk to us. <laughs> so we'd love to have you, but we we don't. We don't. We, yeah, <laughs> well, yeah we're I mean, that's, that's, that's that's the right way to do business. I think. I think if you if you try and be, uh, you get a thousand people in, you're gonna not you're gonna pump through the volume. It's not going to be a good output for the client. But um, yeah. when you charge such a little bit um, and provide good outcomes, it's it's ideal. Mm, well done. Yeah, that's off to you. Thanks for. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Luke. I appreciate you um, sort of sharing, like you put together slides and you put a lot of effort into, you know, we were going back and forward and I was re- read, all this, read all the stuff you put in. So I appreciate you. Um, you've, you and I have been chatting for probably, I don't know, what, three, six months maybe? Uh, maybe longer. Yeah, something like so You yeah. messaged me telling me about all your, all your kind of, what you've been doing. So I did I try and say a bad on. deal. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, I don't think it was a bad deal. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. No. Someone bought it, and they're um they're, they're renovating above what we did already. On that, on that, deal. Wow. I'll tell you about that off, 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 off there. Yeah, here we go. The, the behind the the green room conversation. So, yeah. Joe, and would you want to plug? Should we talk about a new? No, we don't talk about the newsletter on live. So we we just did. No, we don't. So what's Do your we? number one rule? Of... No, no. Anyway, so. Joe, finish it. Bring us home, mate. Bring us home. You're the one that does this. So I, I can't finish up. Oh, do I? Oh, you, you started up. I finished it off. Thank you very much for coming, Luke. Unreal. Thanks, <laughs> no, that was a great Thanks, session. Guys. Renovation renovation is very important. It's a way to make a lot of a lot of money, but it's also a way to maximize your um, borrowing ability, I think. Um, not Sorry, not borrowing ability, equity and cash. If you can do a renovation, you can add value, you can get a better rent, you can improve not just your borrowing capacity because you're getting better income, but also your your um your capital growth so thank you very much luke for that you're unreal everyone's loving it thank you very much um well done luke okay let's go buy a renovation property see you guys later have a good one guys thank you
hear more interviews and share your story with some of Australia's top property experts and commentators now by joining the Oz Property Investors Facebook group with over 25,000 property investors so we can all become better property investors together. Just a quick reminder that anything we covered on this podcast is not considered as financial advice. This is general information only. You need to go and speak with your qualified professionals to understand your unique circumstances as this is general advice only. If you got any value out of this podcast, feel free to recommend us to your friends and leave us a review. Thank you very much for listening and have a fantastic day. Let's go buy property.